He's an a-hole, I don't man. judge, like, athletes by the people they are. Well, how about you were just talking the other day about what's his name there, the uh, big eunuch in New York. What, what about him? What a jackass he is. He's a jackass. Well, but he's a, Oh, I see. So you just got to tell me. You like him, Randy Johnson? If, yeah. As a Mark it down. Sure. April 3rd, 2006. Josh Cordish finally admits he likes Randy Johnson. This is Neil Rogers. Your face is 560 QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Who's the Scientologist that turned out to be a hypocrite? You're damn right. Who is the dude that gets mad when they put down some food? Can you dig it? Who's the cat that's making fun of every other religion? Right on. They say Chef is one brainwashed mother. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Chef. Then we can dig it. He's a two-faced blowhard, but no one understands him but our Ron Hubbard. Yeah, screw him. It's 11 o'clock. So anyway, I never gave you that big schedule. I know a lot of you will keep track of these things, especially across the street. We got Kim Camper 2 to 4 this afternoon. That's embarrassing. Good guy. Dullard. Mad Dog, whose uh, numbers are down to like almost invisible now because he's following two hours of dead air every day. Mad Dog at Conine's Clubhouse Grill, 4 to 6.35, another tough two-and-a-half-hour show. And then because we got lots of stuff tonight, baby, Marlins opening day game. Any interest? No. It's going to be scintillating, man. Just ask Barry Jackass. 6.35, it's the uh, pregame show. Marlins at Houston to play the Astros at uh, 7.05. And that's not the Astrodome anymore because that's filled with illegal aliens. I mean, uh, whatever they are. What do they call them? What, the park? No, what do they call the people that uh, got uh, left in the world? Evacuees. Oh, evacuees, yes. No, they didn't call them that. They were calling them something else. They should have been called evacuees. They were called, um, I don't know. Refugees. Bad name. Uh, what is it, Comerica Park? That would be Minute Maid. Minute Maid Park? Yes. Oh, I wonder if the juice plays there. Uh, Panther P. And then we got that game going on on QAM, but on uh, AM 1360, KAT, which has got a signal I wouldn't wish on Hitler. Uh, Panther preview at 7 o'clock. Panthers at the Lightning in Tampa Bay. The biggest game of the season we got on KAT at 7.30. Eddie K. follows Marlins baseball on QAM. You got that? Follow all that? Got no. It. No. Somebody says Fahrenheit uh, Ray, uh, Ray uh, 51. 451 by Ray Bradbury. I saw it. I didn't see it. The movie was on a few days ago. Should I have watched it? Uh, you know what? It's better than reading the book. And what? Watching the movie is better than reading the book because yeah, they're both... Yeah, I mean, they make good points. It's 1984-ish, but it's much ado about nothing, really. Sorry. Well, sorry, well it's Ray Bradbury, so probably as much ado about nothing. Oh, gee, should have said that. I just did. But let's get that on there. Fahrenheit 451. I mean, Fahrenheit 9-11 won the uh, movie poll. Maybe sure. Fahrenheit 451 can read the book poll, you think? No. Doubt it. Let's see. Oh, no. Oh, the stuff that's coming in. This is why people don't read books. Mm-hmm. This other one. The book that taught me as a teenager to think for myself was Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Oh, uh, I read one oh, of her Ayn books. Never again. Man. Ayn Rand. Oh, have you ever tried to read any of her crap? I read one of her books. I wish I could have the time back that oh, I spent. Oh, my God. Talk about convoluted yeah. caca. Self-hating woman. She's just a pseudo-intellectual I remember that song, Self-Hating crap. Woman. I like that yeah. song. 
<laughs> I think Brian Highland did that right before Gypsy Woman. By the way, all you gypsies out there, if you'd stop carrying them little babies and uh, acting like a gypsy, maybe people wouldn't uh, catch on so quick. The book, as well as her philosophy in general, breaks down organized religion, politics, and even human nature for what they really are. It says, very liberating for a Catholic boy like me, and those principles have guided me through the years. Well, like I said, it was important for this person to read, Atlas Shrugged. Unfortunately, her ideology has been hijacked by ultra-conservatives, but anything of value is fair game to them, by the neocons. They put the con in neocon. Oh, speaking of con jobs, guess what Tom Cruise says? Hey, Tommy. You fairy. What are you going to do about it? You fairy. Berlin. American. He spends a lot of time in Berlin. Hmm. So do I, as a matter of fact. I love Berlin. I spent a lot of time in Berlin. Tom Cruise spends a lot of time in Berlin. Starting to see that picture? Mm-hmm. You guys like each other. No. American actor Tom Cruise told Germany's leading tabloid in its Monday edition today that he wanted to tie the knot this summer with fiance Katie Holmes after the birth of their baby and the upcoming release of his new film, Mission Impossible, The Turd. Cruise was in Germany to plug the film on the country's popular Wettendass, I'll bet, TV show. Wettendass. He said on the show Saturday that two pilots were at the ready to fly him home should Holmes go into labor. If Katie calls, I'm gone, Cruise said, insisting he wanted to be present at the birth of their first child. I wonder who the daddy is. Cruz confirmed to Bill that he and Holmes plan to marry in the coming months. First the baby, then the film, he was quoted as saying. Then in summer we want to get married. I won't let this woman get away. That's what the Scientologist probably told him. Same with like Lisa Marie Presley. Cruz is both starring in and co-producing the third installment of the Fiction Impossible series filled in China and Italy, due to be released on May 5th. Aren't you excited to get it marked on your calendar? Next no. month, baby, only a month away from Fiction Impossible. I'll be sure to miss mm -hmm. that. No. He makes me gag. Oops. Here's another one for your poll. I see. The 9-11 Commission Report Omissions and Distortions by David Ray Griffin. Oh, do you want to put all that on there? I'm no, not really. Be, Actually, I didn't be... want to put it on there, but he keeps faxing, so I thought I'd pass it along. Who, this Poder guy? I yes. think this is iodine. Whatever, they keep faxing. Iodine. And who did we figure out that iodine was? We figured I, that I out, know. didn't we? I think was we made it? something up. I don't know. Yeah, he used to be Mercurochrome. I don't know. Put that on there or not. It's, you know, you leave that up to you. Leave it up to being how lazy uh, Josh wants to be or not. Oh, I know how lazy Josh wants to be. Yeah. I'm thinking what he's, what he's thinking probably is because nobody's reading those stories anymore. Just uh, just me send him a check once in a while and don't, don't bother with the story. <laughs> that'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be great, okay? <laughs> you are such a putz. Lazy. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody's reading them anymore. Although, no, today, actually, we got 147 well, on listen, the... listen, I'll spike them up, okay? The, I'll just the, the, the word porn is in that one story. Any, anything that's got porn or Schmidt or F, those get tremendous amount of reads. Anything else, forget about it. Now, let me take a look back and see. Because we used to get, like, regularly four or 500 minimum. Well, maybe I'll jack the titles up a little bit with... Uh, yeah, just put the F word in every one. Yeah, the F in Bush administration. Look at that, Friday. Very weak. The jet may be ten times faster than other planes. I mean, that, I read that story. It was okay, but 279, that was, that was the top. And that's because it's Pesach coming up. The Jews sure aren't reading this stuff. It's against uh, their religion. 402 votes on the poll today. We're not going to make, like, even 500 talking about books. But it, it's like, listen, it beats having Mike uh, Keenan on. Oh, speaking of the bad news from Iraq, just a little bit over the weekend, just some minor things. Insurgents blew up a small Shiite mosque northeast of Baghdad yesterday, while police reported the discovery of nearly 40 bodies in several neighborhoods of the Iraqi capital. The U.S. military reported the death of three American soldiers, and 
A U.S. helicopter crashed Saturday southwest of Baghdad. Two more U.S. soldiers died there. See, just two here, three over there, just a number. The violence came as Secretary of State Condor Leeser and British-born Secretary Jack Straw made a surprise visit to press Iraqi politicians to speed up the formation of a government already. Will you please? Will you please speed it up? Because it's starting to make us uh, look really bad. In Bakuba, 35 miles northeast of Baghdad, unidentified gunmen planted explosives around a small Gubashiad mosque and blew that up. No casualties reported there. Three stores selling music CDs were also bombed. Una bomba pequeña. Yeah, they don't like them CDs, I guess. All that Western-style music, you know, all those Celia Cruz records. That would sure piss me off. Here is the worst news I have ever read in my life, by far. The worst. Okay, you notice how I saved it for the second hour? Okay. I'm waiting. Somebody is uh, making... Smells like rotten meat or something to me. Oh, I am farting a lot today. Huh? I am farting a lot today. Oh, that's what it is. Good God. Talk about a backup. And it does smell like rotten meat now that you mention it. Mm. Now, are you making uh, meat sauce with that uh, pasta? I have it uh, all kinds of ways, but we have regular spaghetti, but I like uh, just, uh, you know, pasta with butter. Oh. Spaghetti with butter. No, that butter, man, that cholesterol's going to kill you. That's why your hair is gray. Yeah, that's it. That's why. This is the worst story. You know, you people at CBS, no wonder we see tears pouring from the CBS eye all the time. Wasn't bad enough you shafted Dan Rather. That wasn't bad enough. And then Mike Wallace is going to hang it up now that he turned 110. No, seriously, I smell rotten meat. Oh, God. Maybe that's me. I better light a candle. Holy cow. Katie Couric's deal to move to... Now, Katie Couric, I mean, I got news for her now. Didn't Hank uh, once work with her or something? I got to ask him about that tomorrow. I don't know. I think he once worked on her. No, I doubt it. Katie Couric's deal to move to CBS News is completed in principle. An announcement that she's leaving NBC might come as early as this week. This is from uh, TV Week. That's the quiet buzz among sources familiar with assorted moving parts connected. Moving parts, maybe like her... Rectum. Ass. Connected to the deal to transform is correct from co-anchor of the number one morning show today, which is a horrible show, to anchor of the third place but growing CBS Evening News. Third place but growing? That's like that's like across the street, yeah. In a 25th place but growing. To like time for 23rd. In taking on the CBS job, Ms. Correct would be the first female to serve as sole anchor of a network flagship newscast. Oh, God. Look at that. Have you seen the polls there in California? No. I can't watch percent Schwarzenegger. Then another poll, he showed like 39%. He's going to get his ass beat bad. And none too soon, by the way. Moron. The first announcement should be that Ms. Kirk is leaving the Peacock Network, and the viewers have spent their mornings with Ms. Kirk for 15 years. I feel real bad for those people. The official announcement of CBS's dream come true, landing Ms. Couric as its evening star, would follow perhaps next week. Ms. Couric's personal pubicist, Matthew Hilsick of Freud Communications, declined to comment to TV Week last week, as did representatives of NBC and CBS News. Ms. Couric's $65 million contract, under which NBC paid her more than $15 million a year, isn't up until the end of May. $15 million a year for that bubble-headed bitch. She's almost as bad as Soledad. She's like maybe a half a step above Soledad. And hopefully she'll fall off. I wouldn't watch her do I'd rather watch Fuddy Duddy Bob Schieffer, and I wouldn't watch him if he paid me by the second on CBS. Okie dokie. 
Because Ms. Couric is the biggest star and collects the biggest paycheck in TV news, there have been months of frenzied speculation and false rumors about every angle, including whether her ambition to sleep later and become the first female anchor to solo as the top network anchor was stronger than a long friendship with Jeff Zucker, the former Today executive producer who is now the president of NBC Universal TV Group. A source close to Ms. Couric said last week, nothing is planned as of now. However, both NBC and CBS need Ms. Couric's decision to be announced sooner rather than later. Rather than later. See how they slip that in there? That's cute. Each network needs to make plans for long-term futures of its respective news programs and for the mid-May upfront extravaganzas at which news stars and programs for the 2006-07 season are touted to kick off the preseason sales of the bulk of ad time. That's what it's all about is ad time. Not as somebody credible going to come on CBS and do the news. It is how many ads can they sell? How much revenue can they squeeze out of the turnip? NBC arguably has more at stake than CBS in the situation. NBC can't afford to run off viewers by making the wrong choice of successor to Ms. Couric on the cushy couch next to the unctuous Matt Lauer, Ms. Couric's polished co-anchor for the last nine years plus. Neither does it want to lose any of the in-house contenders, especially the well-regarded Weekend Today co-anchor Campbell Brown, who might feel her career hopes have been thwarted. Campbell Brown, my ass. You ever see her? She's no. nothing. She is nothing. She looks like a washerwoman. Well, that's how I feel about most of these people. They're nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Reminds me of Brian Gumball. And how come, by the way, Josh, how come Brian Gumball didn't get into a big jackpot when the Olympics were going on in Torino, in Turin, and he opens up a mouth about he wouldn't waste his time watching because the best athletes, the black athletes, aren't there participating. I didn't know there were like a lot of black hockey players or like black uh, skaters. And there were, by the way, uh, what's his name was there, Jerome McGinley. He's pretty black if you ask me. Well, maybe he was a little confused. He thought it was the Summer Olympics. Is that what it is? Who knows? Can you can you imagine if some white news uh, kind of news or sportsy guy would have said, "Oh, the Summer Olympics, I'm not going to watch it because there's no white guys in there." Well, I didn't even hear about that until you said yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. What do you mean you didn't hear about it? We had it on our website. You just probably missed it. I definitely missed it. Why do you get so many stories? You know, especially when George is on, sends you like a hundred stories. That's right. Yeah, he does. I didn't send you too many yesterday because I wasn't in the mood to do it. Good. I sent about thirty. I sent about 14, 15 yesterday. And that's yeah, about Nobody, 17, nobody's think, reading them anyway. You people out there aren't reading the stories. We may have to chop those off, just like we had to do with that beaded curtain bitch for other Don't reasons. Don't cut! Don't cut! CBS may have the less complicated personnel task. Bob Schieffer ascended the evening news anchor desk 13 months ago when Dan Rather stepped down as a casualty of that flawed story about President Bush's... No, there was nothing wrong with the story. Mr. Schieffer knew the evening news assignment was temporary. Mr. Schieffer has publicly supported the quest by CBS Corporation CEO Leslie Moonves and CBS News and Sports President Sean McManus to whom is correct to CBS News. To be sure, money rides on CBS's gamble. Ms. Couric can successfully make the leap from TV's best friend to TV's navigator of weighty news stories. But evening news is not CBS's news cash cow. That distinction's long been held by 60 Minutes. On the other hand, today is NBC's cash cow and the goose that lays golden eggs for three hours every weekday morning, bringing in more than 550 freaking million dollars in advertising revenue every the freaking Today Show. 550 million, because a lot of uh, fat housewives watch it, I guess. Do you think any men watch the Today Show? I sure hope not. Sorry. Will you watch it? I don't watch any of those morning shows. I wouldn't even ask Josh if he'd watch it, because the answer, absolutely no, no chance. Coffee swilling, silly. Right. Oh, my God. Who could watch such garbage? Such caca. Now, once upon a time when Dave Garraway and the Chimp were on there, it sure as hell beat what they got on now. They had a Chimp. And Frank, uh, what was it, Jack Lascooley and Frank, uh, what's his name with the news? What the hell was his name? Frank Blair. What if he was kin to Tony Blair? He's dead. 
They're all dead. Jack Lascouli's dead. Dave Garraway's dead. I bet you the chimp is dead, too. How do you like that? All the cast of the old Today Show, they're all dead. I got a great story, by the way, as a matter about this, that. It says we're all going to die. A University of Texas professor says, I'm just going to tease it. Says Earth would be better off with 90% of the human population dead. And the good news is I'm going to pick the 10% who can stay alive. That's good news for me. Not good news for you guys. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, just going to keep enough of them around to procreate a little bit. 11.15 at 5.60 WQM. And I see that sound like an anti-woman's. Yeah, it was. Here's a silly question. Have you tried the pizza and pasta at John the Baker's? Well, hopefully you certainly have. John the Baker is the best Italian restaurant this side of University Drive. And now with two great locations, brand new in the Sterling Town Center on Sterling Road, just west of Pine Island and Cooper City. And the classic John the Baker in Pembroke Pines, just west of Flamingo in the Home Depot Center on Pines Boulevard. In fact, it's so classic, when you go in there, ask for Coca-Cola Classic. And the food is absolutely great. Huge portions of all your favorite home-style Italian delights. Plus, with John Baker's low, low prices, you can take the whole family for lunch or dinner and stay well within your budget. You can go every day. You can go eight days a week. And be sure to tell them that Neil Rogers sent you, please, because Duff is having a mental hernia about this. Please say, Neil sent me. Say, Duff sent me in, okay? They'll probably kick your ass out. Mention Neil Rogers, get a free half dozen of John Baker's world-famous garlic rolls that are so fantastic, so huge, so gigantic, and just dripping with garlic. You probably like have garlic all over your pants. Take out or dine in tonight. For takeout in Pembroke Pines, call 954-431-4315. Or in Cooper City, 954-252-0091. Sensational pizza, pasta, veal, chicken, parmesan, sausage, and peppers. That's a famous sloppy sausage sub and lots more. John DeBaker, absolutely the best. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. <laughs> This is Dan Rabbit, former CBS Evening News anchorman, and now, a punchline. My former network's inability to find a suitable replacement for me demonstrates my true genius and complete and total domination as an on-the-air talking head. But let us speak about some of the names who have been mentioned to replace me. First, Bob Schieffer. Nice enough man, but please... He's got less hair than Madonna's armpits. And everyone knows you can't conduct the train if you use Rogaine. Another name that has been bandied about is John Roberts, who currently anchors the Sunday CBS Evening News. There's a reason he's been on Sundays for so long. Plus, he's Canadian. And everyone knows when the camera light goes red, you can't be a hosehead. Then there's Scott Pelley from 60 Minutes. He was the guy who helped me make up the story about President Bush, I think. Plus, he's skinnier than Kelly Ripa. And everyone knows you have to have a meaty can if you want to be the man. And let's go from the ridiculous to the sublime. The front runner to succeed me seems to be current Today Show co-anchor Katie Couric. When I first heard her name in the same sentence as mine, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. This person thinks real news is announcing the individual weight of each of J-Lo's butt cheeks. Plus, her head's too small, her eyes are too close together, and she reeks of Gina Tay. When charged with the awesome task of replacing an icon, it's important to remember, you can't. You can only hope to find someone who is involved, Canadian, skinny, 
or so completely self-centered she thinks her name should be part of the Pledge of Allegiance. For now, this is Dan Rather signing off and reminding you, a whistle is to blow, a gong is to bang, and Katie Couric has about as much to offer the world as a frog with pins in its extremities laying on a high school lab table. This is Dan Rather. Well said, Danny Boy. 22 past 11 at 560. Katie Couric, my ass. I hope they do put her on there. I hope she gets like a, a minus in front of whatever number she gets. Wouldn't that be great? That would be. I mean, you have to be a rocket scientist to see. It's, it's like uh, our situation here. You have to be a genius to figure out that if you don't put somebody on between two to four that people want to listen to and put them on like every stinking day, that we're going to have like minus numbers in it. You have to be a genius to figure that out? No. No, you don't, Joe. You know, you know who this is going to be. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, can I add one to your poll? Yes, go right ahead. Um, uh, go ask Alice. You ever hear that, that book? I ever heard them. I heard of Alice Rantel. <laughs> no, um, it's about this uh, teenage girl. She's like in the seedy underworld, the drug world of the 70s. Glass Alice. That sounds like a uh, record that we want to, somebody to love by the, uh, what you call it? Yeah, you got Very it. Slick. You got it. Uh, and um, also, we need to get rid of Bush and his Beano cons. Okay. He sucks. Thanks a lot, Pally. Beano cons. Maybe we can yeah. get the Beano cons out with Hank. To do some uh, NFL uh, draft predicting, it's only a couple of weeks away, the NFL draft. That's going to save us and put us over the top of all, right, all these sports organizations, isn't it? No. Oh, yeah. For sure it is. The Beano cons, I like that. WQAM, hello. Hey, QAM? Yes, sir. Hey, I heard you talking about uh, the movie Injustice for All earlier. Right. Great movie. Yes, there's, it is. There's so many people I know that have never seen that, and that should be like a must-see for everybody. That, that scene where he's screaming about, you're out of order, the whole effing system's out of order, that, that is so great. That may be one of Pacino's best uh, uh, acting roles. A little tidbit about that scene, actually. That was uh, He did that all on one take. Really? Yeah, first take. You actually Google the movie, I think it actually even says that. That's like one of the notables about the film. My favorite thing is when he looks right there at the judge, John Forsyth, and says, I don't care who you are, you fairy. That's one of the best. Righto. Thanks, Pally. All right. And Justice for All, that came in last. I mean, uh, people that believe in the jury system and the whole system we got now, it sucks. It's, uh, it's corrupt. It doesn't work. Oh, no, you're wrong, Neil. Yeah, like, like the O.J. trial. That worked really well. That's just one example. Yes. And the guy's giving a plaque power salute to juror at the end of the trial. That really, uh, you know, not that we play the race card, you understand. What a crock of crap, man. Hey, O.J., we sure wish that, like, uh, you know, he's always having these things in the car, you know, he's having these little fender benders and, uh, you know, always out there driving around with his windows down and shades on, you know. He just got bad luck. Yeah, he just got bad luck. He was born under a dark cloud, if you ask me. And sure likes those hot blonde white chicks a lot, I'll tell you that. Who doesn't? Yeah, see, that, that, that that's the irony of this whole thing about the race card. He's not any blacker than I am, for Christ's sakes. Just because Time Magazine made him so black. Speaking of uh, racism and bigots and idiots, wait, wait till you hear this. You know that jackass Michael Savage, who, by the way, wasn't related to Bob Savage, my late dear friend from uh, Calder. And it's Cherry Cat circling the field on the outside the, along the rail. How do you circle the field along the rail? But anyway, he was a fun guy. But not related to Michael Savage, who's a real major a, uh, space hole, spaz hole. 
During the March 27th edition of his nationally syndicated radio program, Michael Savage, you know, and there was another one that MSNBC tried for. He was on there for like about five minutes until he said the first racially grotesque thing, whatever, and they canned his ass. Some Nazi crap. During his March 27th edition of his nationally syndicated radio show, Michael Savage repeatedly called on his listeners to burn the Mexican flag in opposition to illegal immigrants. Savage claimed that the only way to combat the onslaught of illegal immigrants is through protest and asked his audience to burn a Mexican flag for America, burn a Mexican flag for those who died, that you should have a nationality and a sovereignty, go out on the street and show you're a man, burn ten Mexican flags if I could recommend it, he said. Put one in the window upside down, tell them to go back where they came from. Oh, just to make you happy, by the way, in tomorrow's poll about immigration, mm-hmm. I put uh, only let in Cubans and then only deport Cubans. Okay. <laughs> but those people have to have an outlet somewhere, you know, the hate crowd, just like the anti-semantics. Put one in the window upside down, tell them to go back where they came from, Savage added, that if I were more than one man, and I'm not only a radio host, and I use that term loosely, I would organize a march this week where we would burn Mexican flags in the street. Then I'd like to see how our hard-working brethren would react, our friends from the South. Let's see how they would react. What a race-baiting, no-good, mother-scratching, bigoted-to-the-core piece of turd. Savage also referred to the immigration problem as an invasion by any other name in which we the people are being displaced by the people of Mexico. Savage's remarks in response to the recent massive rallies held in California, during which demonstrators marched in opposition to proposed legislation that would impose new immigration restrictions, as Media Matters for America has documented, that's his website, Savage recently referred to the Iraq War as the white man's burden and referred to the award-winning movie Brokeback Mountain as bareback mounting. Oh, that's original. Mm-hmm. Copycat. From the March 27th broadcast of Radio uh, Savage Nation, unless we say no to illegal aliens waving the Mexican flag in the street by burning the Mexican flag in the street across America, that's right, burn the Mexican flag on your street corner, show what you care about, show you won't take it anymore, show you're sick of everybody pushing us around like we're a pitiful, helpless giant of a nation that's out of control because we have nothing but corruption and rot at the highest level. Do that. Burn a Mexican flag for America. Burn a Mexican flag for those who die that you should have a nationality and a sovereignty. Go out on the street and show you're a man. Burn Texas, uh, and it goes on. Ask yourself why the racist xenophobes of La Raza will not speak English in this country. You'll find out what racism and xenophobia is about, my friend. This is Michael Savage, by the way, saying all of this crap. He says, if you study the history of human evolution, and I realize this is quite a jump, you'll see that throughout history there were various species that arrived on the planet Earth prior to Homo sapiens, current man, modern man, and as one group came along, they displaced the previous group. We, the people, are being displaced by the people of Mexico. This is an invasion by any other name. Everybody with a brain understands that. Everybody who understands reality understands we're being pushed out of our own country. Like I push him over the edge of a cliff. Wait a minute now. Is he saying that he is an evolutionist who believes in evolution? 29% of all inmates in federal prisons are illegal aliens. He says, no, Mr. Bush, they don't all come here to work. They don't all come here to work. They come here to work the system, sell drugs, rape, and kill on contact. Don't lie to us. Yada, yada, yada. How about if we burn Michael Savage out on the street? I'll join up for that. Neil Rogers. This Some is of that Mexicans look pretty good to me. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Do you want to be all that you can be? No? Good. Then you have the medal to become a soldier in the new Iraqi army. All right, ladies. Today we will learn the military art of fluid mobilization and individual tactical evasion, also known as wetting your pants and running away. Join now and begin nine weeks of basic training in Sandal Camp 
where you'll learn the skills you'll need to be an Iraqi soldier. All right, soldier, sound off! I surrender! I can't hear you! I surrender, sergeant! In the new Iraqi army, we surrender more before 9 a.m. than most countries do all day. Isn't it time you became one of the few, the proud, the ill-equipped? This is my white flag. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My white flag is my best friend. Without me, my white flag is useless. Without my white flag, I am useless. The new Iraqi army. We're looking for a few good men. Uh, but we'll take whoever happens to come along and sign up. Oh, by the way, can we borrow that white flag? flag? 26 till noon at QA, and we got Bo, uh, Bo, Bo, Kimba Bo Camper coming along at 2. And George wants to know where he can get that. Not the book, but where whatever Grace was smoking. That's right. White Rabbits. And is Grace Slick? She is She's known. still alive, by the way. Yeah, she is. What was She's the known. name of the, uh, after the Jefferson Airplane? Was it Jefferson Starship? And right. then there was, I think, another one. Starship. Just... Starship. Just plain Starship, right. Okay. And then there's uh, Death. Somebody faxed this in, and it was so good that I uh, looked it up, and I put it on our website for tomorrow, one of those 400 stories that Josh is going to be putting on that you won't read, that you people won't read, even though he's working feverishly. All those hours that he's busy putting these stories on here, he could be getting right. some ass, but instead, Slating no. over a hot laptop. Right. That's right. He could be working over a hot lap, but instead he's working over a hot laptop because right. of this. They're doing some hot laps. Yeah. Look at that. Look what's number one so far. Battle bruises porn moves into the mainstream. 171. More than double, almost almost double the next story. Because the word porn is in it. I'm telling you, that's just right. put the F word in the air. Well, that's what this story is about. The SH word. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah, it's pathetic. Magic. The Big Chill of the Censor. This is on the Guardian website by Jeff Jarvis. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission just declared that Schmidt and all his variants, including Bull Schmidt, are not merely indecent, which is where the law stood after the Supreme Court washed its seven dirty words out of comic George Carlin's mouth in 1978, but are now profane if broadcast. This is a profound distinction. Legally, a profane word is certain of those personally revealing epithets naturally tend to provoke violent resentment or denoting language so grossly offensive to members of the public who actually hear it as to amount to a nuisance. Nuisance in this case is not a dog barking, but the word the community cannot tolerate. The FCC reserved that distinction for the most offensive words in the English language. The Devil's Dictionary has but two entries. F, condemned in 2004 after Bono's joyful utterance of the adjectival form at the Golden Globes, and now Schmidt. Notice what is not included. No racial or religious epithet, no hate speech, thus the S word and the F word are worse than the N word and the K word. Even the FCC recognizes the uncomfortable and un-PC irony that these epithets may constitute constitutionally protected political speech where Bullschmidt does not. But Bullschmidt is political speech. It's our single most precious means of expressing displeasure with the political and the powerful. Without the word, we're left with far less satisfactory means of protest. Don't feed me the mother's bromide about swear words indicating a limited vocabulary. Bullschmidt is the most expressive word we have to convey disapproval. In his delightful treatise, O on Bullschmidt, Harry G. Frankfurt compares its equivalent, it is more polite, as well as less intense to say humbug than to say Bullschmidt. So now imagine a protester at a televised rally railing, this war is humbug, doesn't cut it. If instead she said, Bush's war is Bullschmidt, and if that were broadcast, every station carrying it and the speaker herself could be fined per utterance per station. If, fearing this, she censored herself, that's evidence of the chill the FCC's imposed on political speech, not even to mention Joyce. And if, because of that, Chilla Station decided to time delay the news, a journalistically repugnant but pragmatic necessity after Janet Jackson's infamous indiscretion, it could dump her words, Bush's war is bleep. 
But unquestionably, that detracts from the power of her statement, and that's done only because the FCC threatens fines presumptively for use of the word. When he ran for president in 1992, Senator Tom Harkin of Iowa was quoted on TV news as saying, George Bush and his fat cat Republican friends say they're building a conservative opportunity society. I've got one word for reply, Bullschmidt. That is certainly political speech, but today would be, he would be censored or fined. Thus, the FCC chills, censors, and penalizes political speech. That, I believe, is a clear violation of our First Amendment, which decrees Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Perhaps we have the basis for overturning the Commission's dubious authority to censor. Gotcha, FCC. Consider the experience of National Public Radio's On the Media show last week when it tried to report on the FCC and its bullshit. I listened to the show's podcast, which doesn't sully our regulated airwaves, merely my iPod, and so I heard co-host Bob Garfield say to FCC Commissioner Jonathan Edelstein, I want to talk to you about the word bullshit. Now, this is commonly used to convey skepticism, but the commission found it to be explicitly excretory and therefore indecent, whereas D-head as an insult is okay. But where I come from, bullshit is pretty much kid stuff, and D-head is pretty darn insulting. So, in other words, we could actually say that one, but not a, according to the FCC, we could say the D-head word, but Joyce would we get right. joiced. We'd get hit on D-head. Yeah. I see. <laughs> right. The commissioner asked whether they would edit out that out. Garfield replied, it depends. Are you on duty? But edit <laughs> they did. Listeners to the broadcast heard bull bleep, and Garfield told me this was done under fear of, of fines for the show's outlets. Station executive Dean Capello, I'm sure he's not related to Dan Capello, added... I think there's an absolute chill in the air, so here we have a case to demonstrate that chill. Gotcha again, FCC. Capella said the chill is felt most keenly in cultural programming and documentaries where expression is at the core indeed. The FCC just penalized the Martin Scorsese public TV documentary, The Blues, Godfathers and Sons for its subject's language. Yet the commission earlier made ex exceptions for Steven Spielberg film Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. So when black musicians say bad words, it's a crime, but when white people in war say them, it's art. In this, the FCC not only enforces a cultural apartheid, but also props itself up as both America's nanny and its official cultural critic. They decide what has social and artistic value and what does not. This slope couldn't get any slippier. Gotcha again, FCC. Pulling back from the politically absurd to the culturally sublime, it's also ridiculous for the FCC to claim it's protecting community standards when it's also all America cannot tolerate bullshit. Show me the man, woman, or yes, child in a schoolyard who hasn't said bullshit. Search Google and you'll find 30 million bullshits. Bullshit is part of our language, culture, and politics, so the FCC is not enforcing our community standards. It's enforcing the fetish of religious pressure groups. Gotcha one more time. At a recent business conference, I heard CEOs tell FCC Chairman Kevin Martin to pay attention to the urgent business of preparing our telecommunications infrastructure for disaster or attack and to get America to broadband parity with Korea and even France. Instead, I told him he was wasting his time finding farts and bullshit. Even Commissioner Edelstein acknowledged that the FCC oversteps in these cases and the court knocks us down. It would actually take a constitutional amendment amending the First Amendment to get the FCC authority back, he said. That sounds like an opportunity. Newsmakers who want to call Bullschmidt and the journalists who ought to call Bullschmidt and the broadcasters who think that stopping them out of fear is Bullschmidt should take on the FCC and the archaic and unconstitutional law that makes them think they should save us from a simple word. Indeed, it is time to stand up in defense of Bullschmidt. All right. Howard Beale would be proud. This is Neil Rogers. Rectum. This is 560 QAM. What the Panthers are ready. When the hell does the baseball season begin anyway, huh? <laughs> 
Are you new lobbyist in place for Mr. Abramoff? Yeah, that's right. Oh, how about it, David? Former star of stage, screen, radio. Uh, uh, what do you know? What do you say? Super Chief Hightest. We'll see you now. It's about stinking time. I ain't getting any older over here. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, seeing that uh, Mr. Abramoff is uh, incarnation milk, yeah, I, uh, I'm taking his place, see? And I'll have you know that I'm here to collect the big. The big? That's right, the famous grid. What favor? But are you getting cute with me? Come on, chill out the door, club. You put it all in this briefcase right here. What's the meaning of this? We are Kickapoo, Kick. And we get a kick out of you, Kick. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, right away, sir. Let me ask you something over here. Yes, white man. Who's Dumbo? What are the American Indians? Keely Smith or Edwin Everett Wooden? Huh? Damn it. Kick him out. Now, see here. It's 11.45 at 5.60 WQM. we got Kim Bo Camper at 2, Mad Dog from uh, Conan's Clubhouse Grill at 4. And then, uh, you heard it, Marlins opening night, the regular season game at Houston on, the, on uh, QAM. And then the Panther game in Tampa's on 13.60 because uh, we just don't care. How do you like that? We don't care. 5.67, oh, 5.60. Let's take a flurry of call here. What do you say? Let's do get it. a uh, call-intensive segment going. Do it you now. Think? Yeah, well... Five six seven oh five sixty. You wait till that delay kicks in, Mister. I'll wait. And pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless line, and so will I. WQAM. Hello. QAM. Yeah, I bet George would like to ask. Okay, you. great. I bet you would. Nice pony, but I would tell you to go gargle with razor blades, but sound like you beat me to it, schmuck. Look at those phones, just smoking, baby. I told you we got Pesach coming. Every single year, man. This year, how many years have I told you that? About thirty, man. Is like a death knell. Where where do they go? Are they all like out buying matzah or something? What is that all about? Maybe that's Plus, it. we yeah, only have like five start. Jews listening anyway. What's I think that? it's that time it change, man. They they don't know the shows on yet. Get out of here. I like the time change. I like oh. the time. We should have it all year long, though. Okay, all year long. It's it's the changing right. I don't like. Exactly. Make up your minds already, right. will you please? Make up your minds. Is it daylight time? Who did mow? You can have a daylight uh, till midnight. I don't care. Just leave it. Yeah, right. Screw the farmers, okay? To hell with the farmers. How about farmers, Fanny Farmer chocolates? Oh, uh, some, uh, we left off Dennis Rodman off the athletes that we despise like poison. Yeah, people confronted me about that. Did they really? How could you leave off Dennis yeah, Rodman? I, I, well, I saw some clip with him over the weekend, and I thought to myself, how could we leave off that freak, that piece of... Out of sight, out of mind. Crap. WQAM, Hello. Hey, Neil, Channel 7 News in the morning with Lubriderm, not coffee, is the way to start the day. Yeah, okay. WQAM, hello. Hello. That was great. I dumped it, but it was great. I love that. That may have been the best call of all time, but boy, oh boy. Was that good? That, was oh. in, that wasn't just good. That was sensational. Thanks oh. again, Pally. Did a clean cut of that. We had to dump it, but it was good. <laughs> it was the best. WQAM. Hello. Hello. Can I speak to Neil? Speaking. Neil. Yes. I want to ask you a question, and I, I'm sure everybody's interested. Who makes up your comedy skits? What, what do you mean, you who know, makes but... up our comedy? What does that mean? I'm sorry? What, what, what does that mean? Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin with a banjo on his knee. Get out of here. 
Five six seven pick up right where we left off on Friday with everybody with a question. This isn't 20 questions, okay? We're waiting for you to have something to say. We're waiting. hundred years I've been waiting, waiting for that day. Maybe Monday, April 3rd, 2006 is the day, you think? No. Doubt it. Very What's seriously. Doubt it. WQAM, 20 questions. Hello. Illegal alien Canada. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, I saw a great movie this weekend. I don't know if it's right for your poll or not, but it's worth checking out. It's called poll for on the books? Probably not. What's that? The, the poll is what book should be compulsory viewing. Oh, it's a book. The okay, movie well, poll was last week. Sorry about that. It was a what cool is movie, it? though. It's called What the Bleak Do We Know. you got to check it out. Okay. All right? Thanks. Talk what the uh, do we know? Somebody was telling that to me. No, I should. Oh. I'm told I should. And what, what, what about that American? What's that new one? American... Uh, Pie? No, not him. The one that's out right now that you told me was mediocre at best. American History X? No. Isn't that it? V for, v for Vendetta? V for Vendetta? No, not V for Vendetta. American History X. That's out right now. Somebody told us it was a mediocre at best. Maybe it was a fax. Maybe it was a call. American History X is old, and you saw it and uh, liked it. And we all well, that wasn't it. the one. No. Well, there's uh, some American uh, something out right now. And that's not it. American Ninja? American Ninja, yeah. Turtle. WQAM, hello. No, Turtles was on the candy pool. Yes, sir. My name is Joe. WQAM, calm down, Joe. We saw the numbers, too. QAM. Uh, Neil? Yes, sir. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, listen, uh, the, I called last week, but you didn't understand what I was saying. I was saying that I like called a racetrack because there's not that many Asians over there. I mean, yeah, okay, great. WQAM, hello. Hey, is this Mr. Neil Rogers? <laughs> no, wrong number. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Palm Beach on a mobile. Yeah, Palm Beach Reverend on a mobile Jones. sounds like Reverend Jones yeah. to me. Five six seven. If it's not, it sounds too much like him. Palm it Beach was. on a mobile. It was. Of course, it was. Oh. Tom in Tallahassee faxes and says, for anyone like Fox and O'Reilly who whine about the U.S. press and how they don't properly locate the Bushmeister, they should listen to the BBC. The interviewer for the World Report on Saturday interrupted Condoleezza and Jack Straw every time, often in mid-sentence, and repeated the question until he either got an answer or left their BS to speak for itself. They're bullshit. Freedom of the press lives, but that's only on the BBC. For the poll, The Powers That Be by David Halberstam. Not your Dave Halberstam, but uh, there, the author. Okay. The Powers That Be. And also Arthur Schlesinger, Robert Kennedy and his Times. That won't get any votes being put on there, okay? Tom and okay. Tallahassee. Right. Thanks, Tom. And... Look at where it's from. Tom evidently works in a bookstore. You see that on the top on the header? Can we say header? I don't think we can say that. No, we can't say the head part. Skyrocketing energy prices propelled ExxonMobil Corp to the top of the 2006 Fortune 500 list and consigned Walmart Stores, Inc. to the number two spot of the magazine's annual ranking of the nation's largest publicly traded companies. Fortune compiled its list based on companies' 2005 revenues. And this, course, coming at a time when they tell you you're going to be paying $3.20 for regular this summer and for unleaded probably how many dollars a gallon? About 30, 30 man. a gallon. ExxonMobil raked in $340 billion in revenue, had $36.1 billion in profits, the most by any U.S. company in history. Oh, yeah, that sure justifies those gas prices. Thank you again, Mr. President, so much. I'd like to find that kid that called in back, uh, back in the day uh, when we uh, marched over mm -hmm. 2003 and just kill him right on the air. Just, just surgically uh, re remove uh, every every piece of his uh, every organ from his body right on the ear. I don't want to tell you starting where. I have to see him first. 
ExxonMobil last appeared at number one in 2001. Only Walmart, ExxonMobil, and General Motors Corp. have topped the list since it started in 1954. How do you like that? Uh-huh. GM is struggling. They're struggling. It barely held on number three. Well, Ford slipped to fifth. Walmart had... This will make you vomit. Did you have your lunch yet? Yeah, unfortunately. What did you have? Howie's? Howie's there. Chicken and Swiss. Chicken and Swiss what? Sandwich. Oh. Sandwich, it sounds like bread. Sounds like yeah, a big roll. Like sounds bread. like a big carbohydrate-laden roll to me. Waiting for Dreamfields to come out with, uh, you know, the bread. Bread. They will. Walmart had 315-plus billion in revenue, a 9.5% increase from last year. Because of its pervasive U.S. presence, the world's largest retailer has struggled to sustain profit growth in the high teens as it had in previous years. Oh, poor baby. Better get over to Walmart and give a bunch of your money. Just take a, a bag of money over there and put it on the doorstep. Just open the door and throw it inside. Say, here you go. Other oil producers also rose in the rankings, boosted by crude prices. They were crude, all right. That topped 70 bucks a barrel. All them schmatheads over there are good friends of the Saudis. And all that Iraq we're getting from that long... Iraq, in Iraq, not. Prices that surpassed 3 bucks a gallon after hurricanes battered the Gulf Coast. Both Chevron Texaco Corp. and ConocoPhillips saw the revenues jump and increasing by 28 and 37% respectively. Chevron climbed two spots on the hit parade to number four, while Conoco edged up to number uh, six from number seven last year. The oil companies, record profits while you're getting raped at it at the, at the uh, pump. You're pumping it and getting raped at the same time. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. Very jackass, right? So I mentioned this with Hank, but it, but it just, it's just so it's so typical of South Florida. It's so typical of the Herald. This is the kind of swell, as opposed to having an opinion, as opposed to saying Rich Waltz really sucks or Dave Van Boring is. Uh, you know, you can imagine with the old team that won two World Series is how boring he was then. You can imagine with a bunch of little children playing ball how boring he's going to be now. That's the kind of thing somebody should have the balls to write, but they don't because it's South Florida. These are the people that put the duh in South Florida. Pathetic. Dave Van Boring. The Marlins just uh, won the World Series. And by the way, anybody got any coffee? How about some no-dos? He is swill. And of course, now Josh could admit it because he don't work on those games anymore. Couldn't you admit it? What are you talking about? Talking about Dave Van Boring and how boring he is. No, I'm not listening. Okay. In other words, you want to keep the door open. You might just want to go back. Is that what you're saying? He's just fine, okay? I'm, I, he's not he, just fine. You he just like him. Boring. Hey, there you go. You admitted that he was boring. That World Series, the Marlins have won the World Series. Now, you, you admitted. You said you were embarrassed by it and humiliated and degraded to have ever been in the same room with him. 515 votes on the poll. You see that? Why did I even do this? This is Sean. I think Sean is trying to uh, right. sandbag the show now. He should know better. What? That people don't read anymore, much less I, I know that. That's why I put those alternatives on there. I hate this pool and don't read books. They're number two and three, respectively. Respectfully. 1984, what book should be compulsory reading? 169. I hate this pool, 85, and I don't read books, 70. And then the Bible, 43. But farewell to God. Thanks, God is right underneath the Bible with 40. Charles Templeton. Get a copy and read it out loud. Do a build tech and read it out loud. Go on a street corner and start screaming out loud. Farewell to God. Hey, God, bye-bye. Hey, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have only one thing to say about that. Whammy! God, it sucks. Amen. Thanks a lot, Marvin Raw Man. Hope you and the Indians have a good time at Defoe's house. Where Deb used to be. Barry Jackass writes, challenge for the voices of Marlin. And by the way, uh, Defoe, we don't watch on this station. We got an opening two to four. We don't watch. Uh, Joe, Joe Bell told me that. Cornball. We don't want your cornball crap on here, Defoe. 
Stay right over there across the street or you'll be safe. And by the way, Joe Rose don't like you anymore either. Not that he ever did. He blames... Now, let's see. No, Joe was the one who was uh, the guilty. Yeah, that was his big ally, right? It was always Joe and guilty against Depot back in the days of the worst team. Remember that? Right. But to show you that Joe's not a total idiot, when he got his own show on there from 8 to 10, which he did very well, that was Sands, Sands the Gelly, the Sands the Squeaker. He didn't want any part of him on there. Good thinking, Joe. And by the way, nice going with that 1-6. In a season that could test the patience of everyone involved with the Marlins, the team's announcers face a mighty difficult challenge, writes little Barry. Hey, Barry, huh? What an idiot. Not to my knowledge. Oh, no. Uh, how exactly do you keep the fans entertained when the Marlins are being drubbed or keep them watching when the Marlins are 20 games below 500? See, everybody's assuming they're going to suck, and probably rightfully so, because they, they clean house again. Another fire sale. How many season tickets do you think they got? About 30, man. Now, here's Barry's great line. Nobody watches sports here, the announcers, but I'm more likely to stick with a lopsided game a bit longer if there's a compelling animated dialogue. A compelling animated dialogue. When does that start? Keeping the broadcast high quality, even if the team isn't, will be the mission for the Marlins' voices in what could be a long, long season. So we want to hear that compelling animated dialogue. And then he says on QM broadcast, Dave Van Horn and Roxy Bernstein would be wise to discuss meaty baseball issues to live in the broadcast on those long nights in July when the Marlins are losing. But meaty baseball issues. And then he goes on there because Rich Waltz actually talks to him. He talks about how he and Tommy Hutton are going to have a great rapport and a great sense of humor. And it says, expect lots of storytelling, which is one of Waltz's strengths. Oh, my God. Remember when Jack Waltz woke up and had horse's head in his bed? That's what should yeah. happen to this guy, Rich Waltz. He is pathetic. Now, even, even Josh admits that. He is the worst. He, he makes Dave Van Boring sound like Mel Allen. That's how bad Rich Waltz is. He, the, the, the worst I have ever heard in my life. He makes Ernie Johnson seem like a desirable. That's how bad he is. He makes Joe Zagacki seem like um, Harry Carey. That's how bad you are, Rich. You're pathetic. So this business about storytelling, we'd like to hear the story of how you got the job. This is Neil Rogers. Welcome. This is 560 QAM. This is head of Homeland Security, Tom Ridge, advising you to put duct tape on your radio when I raise the warning color to pink for the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. 560 WQAM presents Who Did Mo with Mo Halliday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo Halliday, David, whatever it is. Now, you listen to me. I've got unfinished business with that there about Iraq. I stand before you now with my previous statement plainly in hand. There ain't no National Guard in Iraq, see? National Guard? I'm going to have to know. Hey, I'm looking for the in there. Where's that falling? Don't bother me now. I'm doing my thing here. What do you got to do it in there for? Better at you, Stitcher, knucklehead. Now, scram. No, where was I? Oh, yeah. And another thing. Who's done more for the war in Iraq? Ginger Baker's Air Force? Or Joe Crane's in a pith helmet? Ah? Well, that's pith, uh, Joyce. As in, uh, Nobody knows what I said anyway. But don't stop me now. I'm on fire, Dad. Like skizzy cats. Why, I'm the skizziest. <coughs> now on a personal note, this new life of leisure ain't bad. Why, I'll have you know I'm now the heartthrob of skeletal women by the pool. They, uh, they like my nice back. I got them playing strip mahjong. <laughs> but I want to tell you, these bros look like my shirt off and drag. <laughs> Boy, I still got it, huh? Bet you wish you had me back. 
Well, not on your life. There ain't no chance you'll ever see me in that smelly dump again, see? Well, well, maybe, yeah. So what do you think? Want to bring Mo back or what? We ought to take a quick poll on that. All right. Don't think? For what uh, day part? <coughs> Two to four. Ah, that does us no good. Or maybe a little Mo. Huh? I like the olden days. The molden days. Oh, in the morning, you mean? Yeah. 5 to 7 a.m. before we uh, woke up. That yeah, it gets get us all juiced up right before you go on the air. Here's the facts from somebody who's being very defensive. You should never be very defensive, okay? It's just a radio show. Just calm down. It says, I'm not iodine, man. I'm one of your greatest fans. I even like George, though I generally have no, nothing nice to say about Julio's. What kind of a name is that? your name with a G, so that, see? Right. What kind of, did you notice his name? Sounds Julio to me. It is, but not one of your people. Maybe it could be, though. Who be? I guess I missed this stuff on iodine, man, so I have no idea what it refers to, but I guess it's a knowing person. Good guess. I'm sorry I faxed you twice today. I thought it was a great book. Maybe you didn't get the fax, but I have nothing to hide. And he's got his name and shoe size and his phone number and fax number and his address and his email and his Z-mail and his, oh. Thanks a lot, Hermann. I mean, German, whatever your name is. Hermann. Hermann Cruz. Yeah, definitely, Julio. But that's all right. I like him, too. He likes you, even though he uh, I don't like Julio. Like I don't like Julio's either, but I like him. I don't really know that many Julio's, but I'd like to. Let a smile be your umbrella. Let's, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. This is a joke. Come off the fax machine. No, <laughs> it's funny because no, it's I, not. I, no, I, I know the <laughs> book actually exists because he used to say that on the year at the end of uh -huh. every show. The Joey Reynolds story. Let a smile be your umbrella, but don't get a mouthful of rain. Oh. Still with the same old, unbelievable, crappy line. I am that hemorrhoid. Yeah, we know. <laughs> By Joey Reynolds. Oh, twenty-four ninety-five. A must-read. Not it says. Whoever faxed this in, a must-read. Not. Customer re review is four and a half sh uh, out of five. Look at that yeah, stars. That must have been by and Bill Marshall. And then here's Marshall. one five out of five. Yeah, that's Joey and Bill Marshall writing those reviews. About a year ago, I had the distinct pleasure of appearing on Joey's show. Oh, I see. So, in other words, these are inside jobs, is what these are, these reviews. Mm -hmm. Maybe the guy with the eyes wrote one. Joey Reynolds is a comic genius, it says. Yeah, I have my nose up Neil's ass. That's it. His insights into the music business and life itself are profound. He delivers these with the deafness and gentleness of a man who's gained wisdom from all his experience. This is a man who's seen it all in the broadcasting business. The ego, the rivalries, the greed, the disintegration of formats, the pettiness and sheer fear driving programming today. Well, he, so far I have to be uh, right on, uh, on line with him. Now comes the BS. Joey is that rare type of entertainer, oh, thank goodness, who's remained true to himself while others have chased fads. I understand he pioneered the kind of shock jock approach that is rampant now. Oh, yeah. When I heard him on here, it was always shocking to me that he still had yeah, a job. Shocked the hell out of me. Yeah, and the fact they hired him back at uh, IOD, it can't get more shocking than that. Never forget the day Boy Gary came to me. How much do you hate Joey Reynolds? W-I-O-D. Oh, I hate that station. I said, I don't hate him at all. And that was the, that was the wrong thing to say, and they brought him that's back. That's right. Not that there was ever any gratitude for that. See, that's the one thing. If you go to bat for people who suck on a year, and then they get hired, and then, uh, you know, e even if they get hired, all you get is, and then when they get canned due to their own failures, it's always your fault. You know? Mm -hmm. It's just like somebody, I don't want to mention her name. Right. Well, if Neil would have just gone to bed for me, I, 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 you know. In other words, if one time I disagreed with something, then I was a bad guy. No matter how much I was behind certain people getting put on the ear, right. and no matter how much of their material they stole. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't mention no names, though. This is great. 
A University of Texas professor says the Earth would be better off with 90% of the human population dead. Every one of you who gets to survive has to bury nine. Eric Pianca, Carson students, and his guest at St. Edwards University on Friday. Pianca's words are part of what he calls Doomsday Talk, a 45-minute presentation outlining humanity's ecological misdeeds and Pianca's predictions about how nature, or perhaps humans themselves, will exterminate all but a fraction of civilization. Well, that, that is true, except that ain't going to happen quite as quick as he's thinking. Though his statements are admittedly bold, he's not without his and abundant advocates. But what may see this revered biologist apart, set him apart from other doomsday soothsayers is this. Humanity's collapse is a notion he embraces. Indeed, his words deal very literally on a life-and-death scale, yet he smiles and jokes candidly throughout the lecture, disseminating a message many would call morbid. Pianca's warnings are centered upon awareness rather than fear. This is really an exciting time, he said Friday, amid warnings of apocalypse, destruction, and disease. Only minutes earlier, he declared, death. This is what awaits us all. Death. Sounds like an uplift, uplifting lecture. Mm -hmm. Reflecting on the so-called ancient Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times, he wore surprisingly a smile. So what's at the heart of Pianca's claim? Six and a half billion humans is too many. Well, of course it is, but the Pope likes it, and the Chinese like it, and the Indians. In his estimation, we've grown fat, apathetic, and miserable, all while leaving the planet parched. The solution, a 90% reduction. Always that Sherlock Holmes movie, the something, well, percent solution, the seven cent uh, percent solution. The needle wants it quickly. What was it? I forgot. Let me find something. it. That's 5.8 uh. billion lives, he says, are trained to plant into fat human biomass. He points to an 85% swell in the population during the last 25 years and insists civilization is on the brink of its downfall, likely at the end of widespread disease. Disease will control the scourge of humanity, Pianca said. We're looking forward to a huge collapse. We're looking forward to it. He says, but don't tell local citizen scientist Forrest Mims to quietly swallow Pianca's call to awareness. Mims says it's an aberrant death wish and contends he has no choice but to take a stand. Mims attended the Educator's Doomsday presentation at the Texas Academy of Sciences annual meeting March 2 through 4th. There, the organization honored Pianca as its 2006 Distinguished Texas Scientist, another issue Mims vocally opposes. This guy is a loose cannon to believe that worldwide genocide is the only answer, said Mims, who filed two formal petitions with the Academy following the meeting. Joining his crusade, James Pitts, who received a Ph.D. in physics from Uni uh, University of Texas, Austin, became the second to publicly chastise Pianca when he filed a complaint Saturday with the UT Board of Regents. He insists the state university has no place to disseminate such grotesque views. Well, too bad. Yeah, 90% is not badly. 10%, it's still like 650 million people. That's still enough people for a pretty good party, wouldn't you think? Good enough. Five six seven oh five sixty. The calls today have been scintillating. The response on our uh, poll today, weak. It'll be back tomorrow when we do that poll on immigration. Because everybody wants to jump on the old bandwagon. Oh, let's burn a Mexican flag for uh, Michael Savage. What do you say? Let's, I still say, let's just burn Michael Savage. We can wrap a flag around him, a Mexican right, flag. Or we could paint him the Mexican flag colors. and then Right. Him. That's a good idea. Torch him up. Torch him up. 553 votes is all we got, and it's like afternoon. See what I'm saying? I told you earlier. I, I knew it. I yeah. should never put this poll on there. It's it's a, like a death wish. You know what? Uh, you know when you're taking book polls and talking about books, it sounds awfully close to Oprah. <laughs> no, we're not recommending any. Well, the audience is. In fact, what the hell? I voted for 1984 only because it was on there. Yeah, with Pesach coming up, we might as well just take a vacation. And next week, we're going to do a, a great step toward that. Because oh! we got Marlins games on Wednesday and Thursday, early games next week. 105, which I think means we bail at 1230. Am I right about that? 
Okay. And then the 19th, the following Wednesday, we got a game against the Reds, which is probably in Cincinnati, I would think, because it's a 12:30 game. It means we're going to be off at noon that Wednesday. <laughs> we feel really bad about that, like we're cheating the audience, don't we? We feel real bad. No. We're sorry. We apologize. Not. WQAM, hello. QAM. What the hell is the media talking about this bitch that was hostage? Why are they talking about the soldiers? WQAM, hello. Hello? Yes. Yeah, WMBM is there. Oh, go away, go away. Wow. Go away. Go listen to some jingles. Look out now. Yeah, see, that, that's that probably encourage. He called on the anniversary show. It's very nice to him. You give him a little bit of encouragement. There he is, all, all every day. Blind Mike. Yeah. WMBM. Nobody cares about WMBM. Nobody listens to WMBM. Go away now, and don't come back. And don't come to any more of those damn uh, picnics either. The dating show picnics. Don't come back. WQAM. Hello. QAM. Hey, Neil, I just want to tell you, maybe the um, book poll would work better if we phrased it. Um, what book do you remember liking in high school? Because <laughs> I know some of those are required reading for high school, which is fine. And maybe yeah, that's like, how people remember these days. Like Lady Chatterley's Lover? <laughs> like that one. Or and Peyton Place, right. Right, right. 84, I guess it was. And um, Catcher in the Rye and all those standards. At least those are oh, some God. people read. Yeah, you know. Catcher in the Rye. I think it was the Johnny Bench story. Right, make sure they're putting that prostitute part, or we might actually learn something. Okay, thanks, sweetheart. All right, bye. See at the see at the library. Five six seven oh five sixty. <laughs> we got Kim Bocamper at two. Don't forget, show us that save us that white flag, like in that bit. I liked it. That was good. The Iraqi army. Because mm -hmm. we want to uh, extend it outside the window and wave it around on the flag too. Twelve minutes past noon. They just showed Jack Straw on CNN International now, which they're putting on a couple hours every day to save some money on this crap that they got on. People that their leaders are working together to end a war that is. Oh, Charles Taylor. Yeah, he's uh, he might have to be executed for a bad drive at Northfield Downs in the fourth race last week. You know, being outdoors a lot in South Florida, you really need comfortable shoes, man. Take good care of those tootsies. The only place to take them is to Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach because Brandy's has got the unbeatable deal all the way around. Best prices, best selection, best sales holes. Brandy's carries major brands like Florsheim, Echo, Mephisto, Rockport, Hush Puppies, New Balance, tons of other name brands in all sizes for men and women, and they even carry wide widths and hard-to-find sizes. Brandy Shoes is the largest independent shoe retailer in all of South Florida, and when you see the selection and value you get at Brandy's, you'll see why I've been raving about them for years. Go talk to our good buddy Arnie at Brandy's, so make sure you get the right fitting shoes for your feet at an unbeatable price every time. And unlike those department stores where you stand around seemingly for hours waiting to get waited on, and then finally they tell you whatever style you picked out they don't have in your size, the only thing they do do with Brandy's is shoes. So never fear, because they'll always have what you're looking for. Never worry about size, selection, service, or, of course, price. Brandy's shoes, you'll find them at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Brandy's is right between Atlantic and Copens on the east side. Can't miss it. Brandy's open Monday through Saturday till 9, every Sunday till 5. And this week is a stupendous time to buy SAS shoes this week at Brandy's. Save 20 to 40 bucks a pair in all great men's and women's SAS styles. So be sure to get in there and do your shopping this week, or do your shoe shopping online at Brandy's Shoes. Com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. When it comes to entertainment, we've got the biggest personality. Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 562 QAM.
I'm just using those because they're like uh, becoming unused. You know what I'm saying? You need to use them. Okay. Just for the hell of it. Okay. It's nine o'clock on a Sunday night, and I'm gonna watch HBO. I'm so tired of desperate housewives. Where did he and Carmel go? Police captain, what? Does he slap you in the face a little bit? Huh? What do you think? This is the army where you shoot him a mile away? You gotta get him close like this. Bada bing! You blow their brains all over your nice side relief suit. Come in. You're taking us very far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They're only imitators, man. There's only one That's Godfather. Right. Let me tell you right now. There ain't That's nothing right. like the Godfather. Right. And as a matter of fact, you know something? Let's put that on the poll because the book is much better than the movie. As ludicrous as that may sound, it, it's true. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I'm sure you will. It's a very big book. Maybe have somebody read it to you. Maybe. Wanna? No. Okay. The Godfather. I, I'm telling you right now, the book, and I saw it after the movie, but the book you. is uh, superior. It's sensational. I'm having Godfather. trouble going to sleep. I'll start reading it. Marty says, must read all the president's men. See, now George will just watch the movie again because it's right. easier to watch the movie like 1984. Or I'll watch the movie for the first time. It says, sure what a bunch of crooks the GOP is. Well, at least they're consistent, okay? At least they're consistent. At least they ain't taking no more Vicuña coats. 5670560, oh, we're very call intensive, although I don't know, for a little while, probably not. I got some, I got another big pile here, you know? Oh, can't wait for 2 o'clock and that good call from Joe Bell. I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat. I don't want to, you know? I, I got nothing to say. Do it. Do what? Talk to him. I, I'm not, I'm not offering any, uh, no, I will not. You know, when, when when people ignore you for eight years plus yeah. and don't want to listen to anything you have to say, all of a sudden it's great. Uh, there, there's nothing to say. Well, you can ask him how Josh, Josh's raise is coming. What? You can ask him how Josh's raise is coming. And how your new contract is coming. Yeah, I'm going to take good care of Josh and George. Yeah. He gives me BS. <laughs> he gives me BS, and he also gives me Ajida, okay? Joe Bell. Not so swell. Rhymes with hell. It's just, it's just all bullshit, man. Speaking of that word, it's all crap. Bada beep, bada boop, bada about just like in The Godfather again. You know, remember that scene? Bada beep, bada boop. Mm -hmm. That James Conn, man, underrated. He was one of the greatest. There's I no mean, question. He, 
Huh? I, I liked all his movies. In the franchise, even the one where that uh, chick was like stuck in the elevator. Right, that was great. He was very young then and a uh, mm-hmm. real slimy character. What, what was the name of that movie again? That's a good movie. Uh, girl, Woman in a Cage or something in a cage. Cage. Lady in a Cage. Lady in a Cage, that might be it. Boy, that's a good movie. It was a very uh, creepy. Bunch of young punks, oh. a little uh, disturbing. A young yeah. And uh, Rollerball. This, this poor handicapped woman, she's got like her own elevator in the house so she can get from the downstairs to the upstairs and vice versa, mm-hmm. and she gets stuck in the elevator. Who, who was that? Was it Shelley Winters was in that? No. Who was in that? I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. Well, Google it, man. Lady in the Cage, I believe that's Google called. Google it now. I saw that like maybe three or four times back uh, Oh, back yeah. That, that, that was making the rounds on like IFC, Independent Film Channel, for a long time. Kind of disturbing. That's a good channel, by the way. Those of you who got it, Independent IFC. It is, actually. Well, that's why I just said it. Or you could just Google James Kahn. That would be a lot easier. Then you can find the name of the movie. Then you can like Google the movie. See, that's the way to do it. That's the way it Lady works. Lady in the Cage. Is Sorry. that Lady in the Cage? Olivia de Havilland. Olivia de Havilland, man. The great Olivia James de Havilland. Kahn. She was only 100 years old when that movie was made, and she's the one stuck in that cage. Jennifer Billingsley as Elaine. Jeff right. Corey. Right. And Southern. Raphael Campos as the little beaner that was with him. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Whatever, whatever we are. We don't want to make any assumptions, although. What? I think it was well, I wonder if he was kin to, like, Poopy Campo. I hate Scott. See, you, you think I make that up when I say Poopy Campo. They're actually, you know, Rosemary no, Clooney's... I, I, I know about Poopy. Rosemary, <laughs> that's what I heard, <laughs> especially a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Scott Rosemary Clooney's... Will you listen to me? All right. It's more important. Rosemary Clooney's sister, Betty Clooney, who also had no talent, but she used to be, like, on, you know, Today's Show, different things, because she was Rosemary Clooney's sister. She was married to Poopy Campo. Who was like some kind of a like like a small time Desi Arnaz that kind of guy? Yeah, well, small that's, time. That's still small not potatoes. as important as the fact that Scatman Crothers was in that movie. I mean, if you can, if you can, well, see, there you go, Poopy Campo, same that's thing. Right. All fits in. Yeah, and all kind of with the foo fits. Where with it? an F. Campaign staffers abandoned Harris. Speaking of F, oh! F her. Spend it all, Katie. Spend every last dime, you bitch. In what could be the death knell to Catherine Harris's U.S. Senate campaign, all of her key staff members have quit. I almost just pulled the lampshade off my lamp here. Several top campaign aides, because I like hit the button like, oh! with a flourish and then like um, with a follow through. I almost pulled the lampshade right off my lamp. Several top campaign aides had already left during the past few weeks, but on Friday the five remaining staff members, when in doubt, they all walked out. Only their assistants and a few temps who opened the mail remain on board, according to one former staffer who didn't want to be identified for fear for its life. The staff departures came at a time when she faces a daunting campaign to unseat Democratic U.S. Senator Bill Nelson. She's got two chances, okay? Much, much less than none, and much, 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 much less than none. Nelson boasts a double-digit lead in the polls and millions of dollars in the bank. And he's pretty uh, weak. He's weak. He's boring. He's weak. But he isn't her, and that's why she's got no chance. In the email dispatch, 5 p.m. Uh, Saturday, Harris said she has relaunched her campaign with new employees. Right. We have lined up a core of seasoned campaigners who believe in my candidacy are committed to this campaign. All should be uh, committed, by the way, and support the values of mainstream Florida citizens, Harris wrote. Harris wrote. We're stronger as a campaign today than we were yesterday. Right. More today than yesterday. Remember that song by the Spiral Staircase? Yeah. I bet song. you got it. Oh, I know it. Yeah. More today than yesterday. You got it. She said the new hires would be announced early this week. No one answered the phone at the campaign office early night. Well, they all quit, too. Here we go. The Spiral Sky. I hate that song. No, I like to play it. Used to play it on here. About, I'd say 68, 69. What is it? 69. All right. All right. I don't remember. 
By the way, you're on suspension. You said 69. That's part of Joyce's new lexicon. Starts now, right? Let's see. For the pool. Oh, yeah, Dude, Where's My Country by Michael Moore. Must read. Absolutely. Thanks, Maurice. Love you, says Maurice. Dude, Where's My Country? Got it. That's an excellent book. I have read it. It's in the other room. Have you read it? Come on. No, man. Well, why not? Reading Dude, for pleasure my is country? an oxymoron. It is out freaking standing. No, you'd rather go watch them movies because it's easy to sit back and be passive. Sit back, passive. that's right. Passive. Get like Stugatz. And popcorn. And by the way, speaking of sailing the Stugatz, Clarence is very worried about who's riding the Stugatz. That's what I hear. I mean, what's Stugatz got that he ain't got? And I'll tell you the answer to that. Rich Daddy. 26 past noon at 560. You ask the Beaster Stugatz man or Joel Feinberg, there's nothing like having a rich daddy. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you. Just ask the Beast. Spoiled little rich kid. Spoiled little rich Jewish kid from New England. Oh, brother. Unbelievable. Who, by the way, was ratting out Robert Griefer last week. So this idea that there's some, like, cooperation area. Yeah, when you're dealing with Yentas, when you're dealing with backstabbers, they backstab each other. They want to backstab themselves, okay? And in the Beast case, I'd sure like to see him try to do that. You know what I was thinking about yesterday? What? Speaking of the beast, and I was in Niagara Falls at the uh, casino, and I was thinking about, well, I was really thinking more like Woodbine, because in Niagara Falls, people generally tend to be more genteel and not, like, pushing each other around. But, um, you know how, like, uh, well, maybe you don't know, but like in Vegas, it would be crowded by a bunch of machines, you know, maybe a carousel of Wheel sure. of Fortune or a popular machine. And people are kind of, like, pushing their way, trying to, like, get in line, so they're sitting right, standing right beside somebody who's getting ready to leave a machine. Now, can you see the beast doing it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, backstabbers, the OJs. Let's hear it. Ah! Mentioned it. Yeah. You can do nice fact, long everybody line up, and uh, whoever is first gets to stab OJ in the back. What do you say? Ooh. Several times. I'll bring my own shank. Right? I think I just dumped that. <laughs> I'll bring my own shiv. <laughs> oh, my God. I just did a good laugh up there. That was pretty good. I said that machete is what I yes. said. I didn't really say that. <laughs> You you thought it. That's almost good enough. Yeah, I was thinking machete, and I said... <laughs> Don't say it again. 27 after 12 at 560, WQM, rolling along, singing a song. We'll get through the... And, you know, another thing that's happening now is the snowbirds are all on the way out. This is April, baby. This is the time when... It, uh, you, you can tell it. You can just smell it. Mmm. That was the aroma I was smelling earlier, that rotting meat. Maybe some of them left their bags behind. Hey, with lightning quick speeds, the latest features in security, Comcast, high-speed Internet, leaves DSL in the dust. And by the way, before I continue with the Comcast spot, you know, the next spot, there's a little bit of an issue there. Now, has Troy the boy, have you seen him? Have you smelled him in the no, last hour no. or so? No, Has no, no, come no. through for us, huh? Okay, no. well, I'll just, I'll just have to wing it on that. This is a man who wants the commission, doesn't want to do the job. That's Troy the boy, Troy Stratford. I would take away all those accounts that he inherited, those ones that have been on for like 100 years before he blows them out of the water, and give them to like Brian Schmutz. Give them to like some real salespeople. Okay. If we can find it. With lightning quick speeds, the latest features in security, Comcast high-speed internet leaves DSL in the dust. I think I just said that. And today you can get on board for just nine ninety-five a month for two months. With an always-on connection speed of 6 megabytes, Comcast high-speed Internet is up to four times faster than DSL-1.5 and up to 100 times faster than dial-up. Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or just surfing your favorite sites, Comcast's reliable, fast connection means you'll be flying through the Internet with the greatest of ease. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast high-speed Internet, you get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to seven personal email accounts, just to name a few. 
Not only that, but you get McAfee security tools, too, so you can be assured that your Internet experience is always safe and secure. So what you'll be waiting for is start doing more a lot faster than ever before. Sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet today for only nine ninety-five a month for two months, and you wonder how you ever manage without it. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST, or in Broward, call today, 954-COMCAST. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QA. Public, baby. Only in Miami. Coming soon to Fox. It's the all-new Beverly Hillbillies, starring all your favorite characters. Jen. You ain't fighting Clint, Granny. Jethro. dog. And Kelly Pickler. What's a salmon? Follow Kelly as she demonstrates what life is like without a brain. You want to tango with me? Tango, but I don't even know how to dance. But I just learned my ABCs, though. Um, A. What have I done to deserve this? You know her and love her from American Idol. Now follow Kelly Pickler as she makes a startling discovery. I should love it here in California, but I went to this place called Hollywood. And I don't see no churches at all. I know you, that's hitting low. It's the all-new Beverly Hillbillies starring Kelly Pickler. What's a hillbilly? Coming soon to Fox. Y'all come back now here. Y'all come back now here. I'll come back. Check back with us later. You might hear something you like, but we doubt it. It's uh, 12.32, and we got uh, the, a big bow coming along at 2 o'clock in the revolving door slot. I promise you that one of these days, one of these months, we'll have a staggering announcement, and there'll be somebody on, like, permanent 2 to 4. Do you promise? Or, or not. Maybe maybe we're just going to do this forever. All I know is we got Gully on four days. That, oh, my God. Can you imagine the squeak level on that? Era of Pesach, and we got Gully on every day. Man, that's that's uh, evil. Tom in Tallahassee says, sorry, I don't want to fax more than once, but did. That's okay, Tom, as long as you've got something to contribute. As opposed to people who fax in stories like this morning before the show, faxing in stuff that I had on like a week ago at least. What was that True. crap about? Oh, I forgot. It was a week yeah, ago. me too. The stuff that we had on our website, stuff that I read on the air, and they keep faxing over and over. We already had that crap. It's a good right. idea. Some of you to read those day, bedtime stories. Right, today was special. What? Although, although I do thank whoever faxed the story from the Guardian that I read. That was excellent. Yes. About the F word. That's right. And the FCC. They put the F in FCC. I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, I'm telling you, the the season is over, such as it was. The season's over. You can smell it. I sure hope we held up enough in March so that we wind up getting some bonus money in uh, this uh, winter book because we sure ain't going to get it in the spring book. I'll guarantee you that. No way. We want that bonus money. We want it now. Okay, you people are killing us. Joe Bell might not be too happy that he made that decision to call me. To, uh, he might not be too happy. I'm just uh, in a Do kind it. of a sur- Huh? Be frank. No, oh, believe me. I was frank the last time I talked to him. He said I was calling Neil. I said, no, this is Frank. Get off my phone, <laughs> you clown. That's what I said to him. And then I said, I don't care who you are, you fairy. Yeah. That's what he said to me. Tom Italy says, Great James Conn will be Thief with Tuesday Weld, Robert Prosky, and Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson? Hmm? An early Michael Mann movie. Huh. Is that as in Mr. Mann? Could be. Remember Mr. Mann, James Conn, and uh, that was a great movie, too. Uh, with uh, Kathy Bates. Right. What was it? Misery. Misery. Misery loves company. That's why a lot of people come to South Florida, man. Misery loves company. And then once it starts going to be 100 degrees in the shade and starts pouring like crazy every day and the uh, bufo toads start crawling up into your swimming pool, everybody bails out. That's like right about now. 
So sorry I did this poll about books. Bad idea, Sean. In fact, Sean is so desperate, he's getting worse than us. He, he's doing repeats now. I mean, it's one thing when we do repeats, because I try to go back four or five years. Sean is like repeating the stuff that we had on like last week. Like, here's one he said on, uh, what's the date on this? Oh, just the other day, March 31, Friday. The most overrated anything. We, we've already done that a million times, right? In like Super Bowl, Pink Floyd. Been there, done that, Sean. I don't want to put pressure on you, Sean, but you're you the man. We count on you. Our right. future uh, depends on you, which tells you how shaky it is. What's the gayest profession? How many times have you done that? Once. Just, well, not that long ago either. Uh, let's see. We did do Who's the Most Macho. That was a good one. And then the wor- and what's the worst thing about George W. Bush? Oh, we don't have enough room oh. on the pool for that. God, just, just an obligatory Bush bash. That, that doesn't make no talent. The worst thing about George W. Bush is he just won't go away. That's the worst thing. Just go away. Don't go away, P.O. Just go away. You failed. You flunked. You're out. WQAM, hello. You're out, Tom. Oh, that was the gargler trying to come up with something new and original. I could recognize by the phlegm in his throat. Couldn't you tell it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a little DNA it. on your phlegm, and we knew it was you. You're an idiot. You're a jackass. We hate you like poison and hope you'll die. You're an overgrown child is what you are. A moron. A simpleton. Probably got a smooth spot where your uh, goods are supposed to be. Wouldn't surprise me. WQAM, hello. Where do they keep all this time that they've been saving, this daylight time? Where do they hold? I'll give you an idea. Rectum. That's a good idea for starters. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty and maybe you'll get interest on it too. Like Eisenhower used to say, interest. He had a lot of he had great interest in what was happening in the Middle East. That's why he said his uh, Secretary of State John Foster Dulles over there screwed up real good. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Two ladies I... and it's not even uh, one o'clock yet. Wow. <laughs> Shocking. I have the best book for your poll. Okay. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to call on Friday when I had the best movie for your poll. What was that? It hasn't made it to Florida yet, but you have to see it when it gets there. It's called Why We Fight. And it starts out with uh, Dwight Eisenhower's farewell. See, then I just got through mentioning Eisenhower. It's that psychic uh, connection again. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, you have to watch for it. Everyone has to see that movie. Okay. But as for the book, Amy Goodman's The Exceptionist to the Rulers, Exposing Oily Politicians and War Profiteers and the Media that Love Them. Mm. I just found out about it yesterday. I've ordered it today. Amy Goodman is the host of Democracy Now! I don't know. Sounds awfully Jewish to me. <laughs> Besides the point. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that uh, is the point. It's almost pesos. That's important. It is important. Oy. Exactly. But, but uh, Michael Moore recommends this book. He says, pick up this book, shake your head, and just What's it called again? I'll go out and get it today, maybe. The Exception to the Rulers. Okay, I like that. By Amy, By Amy Mann? I'm sorry? By whom? Amy Goodman. Oh, Amy Goodman. Well, she's probably kin to Amy Mann. Or some man. A well, good man. Maybe good man. Any really. man. Okay, thanks a lot, sweetheart. Have a season face off. You too, darling. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't eat too much matzo. It'll like, turn to a, card- a cardboard inside your kishkis, man. Oh, the food. The food. You know, I've got to write a book, The Food That Jews Eat. Okay. No, I'm, I'm serious. I would explain a lot. Like about a lot of uh, fat people and digestive problems and things. And, and obsession with bowel movements like my mother had all her life. 
when you eat all that stuff that like it's, uh, just lays there like a big lump in your kishkis, man, how you how are you going to get rid of it? Oh, I you have some ideas, like but we can't say. Blocking the exit, baby. Blocking the exits. Not good in case of fire. Once upon a time, could have made Especially be like spicy Mexican food, which I'm sure is in now. <laughs> oh, oh, or not. I think you're the one stir all this anti-Mexican uh, hatred. What, what's wrong with you? I got nothing against Mexicans. Rudy, how you? Do, how about it's beaners? Illegals. Yeah, you don't like Mexicans, legal or illegal, That's or immoral true. or amoral. That's not true. The Emperor wears no clothes by Jack Herrer. 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 Says Rudy. The Emperor wears no clothes. Got it. Got it. I mean, I'm not going to read any of these books, although that one exception of the ruler sounds pretty good by Amy Goodman. And then, of course, the Barry Bonds steroids book. That is a must-read. I'm going to go to the uh, bookstore today. I'm going to get both of both of those. In fact, I'm, let me do this right now. There, I wrote down the exception. I wrote that one down. Oh. Now, where am I going to put it? I'm sitting here in my underwear. Don't tell me. Don't say that. Rectum. Now, where the hell do I? I'll tell you what. I'll put it right right inside my T-shirt. Okay. Oh, actually, what I'll do is during the break, I'll take it and stick it out there on my pants. Now, you know, Troy Stratford, I, you know, I, tomorrow I might do four hours on him. You know, forget about the rest of the sales department. This man, it's, it's this feeling of um, entitlement. You've heard about entitlement programs. Right. We have certain people in our building who feel like entitled to suck the commission out of accounts that I've had on here for like 20, 30 years in some cases, and they just keep taking and taking and taking. And what they do in return is basically, it's not complicated, it's simple. Nothing. Nothing. You know what I mean? What do you mean? I mean, when is he going to do something, this man? He's just impossible. And I have to keep nudging him and nudging him. And nudging. In the meantime, for whatever reason, I don't know what the reason is other than the fact he's an ex-jock and used to play very weakly for the Dolphins, by the way, as in uh, once a week. Now, let's see. During the month, let, let me cross this out. Uh, cross this out. Cross that. I, I have to do it. I have to make it up as I go along here. rewrite. Want some rewriting music? They have to do an instant rewrite while I'm reading. No, it just pisses me off because Dry Concepts has been out with me for like over 20 years. 21 years, I do believe. At least I've been using them in my homes for 21 years. Two weeks ago today, they were in my house, my beautiful house and plantation, and did my carpets again. And like I said, they've been doing them for years and years, and they made those carpets, as the report I'm getting, look just like brand new. They always do. They never let you down. There is nobody anywhere at any price that gives you a better deal in Dry Concepts or does a better job. So before you go out and spend thousands to replace that carpeting, do the smart thing like I've been doing for all these years. Give Dry Concepts a call. Let them bring those carpets back to life no matter how bad or hopeless they look right now. When they get done with their job, they leave your carpets vibrant in color, soft to the touch, stain-free, and looking like you had brand new laid right on your floor. And don't forget, they do a lot of other great things for you, too. They also specialize in drapery cleaning, upholstery cleaning, deep cleaning of your expensive leather furniture, and lots more. No rip-offs. A lot of these carpet cleaning deals, they, at the end of the deal, they say, oh, well, guess what? It's a lot more than we thought it was going to be because we had to do but a beat but And they tack on to the price. Not at Dry Concepts. They always give you a written guaranteed price up front before they start the job. They always do a professional job and show up on time every time as well. Don't forget, all of these things, carpet cleaning, water damage restoration, pet odor treatments, mattress cleaning to say goodbye to those dust mites, and lots, lots more. Call the best and trust the best like I do. Dry Concepts. Call them toll-free in Dave Broward in the Palm Beaches at 1-800-248-5071. Tell them that Troy Stratford told you to call. They'll absolutely slam the phone on the flow. 1-800-248-5071. Or on the web, it's dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. I saw you, jackass. This is 560 QAM. 
Oh, I was out in the other room putting that thing in my pants. Florida sucks. This November, make your voice heard in a soothing and non-interruptive way. This November, soft rock the vote. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. <laughs> Please join me and me other adult contemporary friends and soft rock the vote, won't you? Isn't that right, Gloria? That's right, Phil. I'm Gloria Estefan. Get on your feet, come on, and make it happen. Register to Soft Rock the Vote today. If you stopped paying attention to the issues about the same time you stopped paying attention to the music, then you're just the type we need to Soft Rock the Vote. Sir, I'm Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. Remember me? Yeah, it doesn't matter. As long as you remember to Soft Rock the Vote. Don't you agree, Michael? Hey, I'm Michael Bolton. And if there's one thing a man loves more than a woman, it's his right to express political opinions as outdated as his taste in music. So whether you're in the dentist's office, an elevator, the supermarket, or at Grandma's house, get down, but not too loudly or rhythmically, and register to Soft Rock the Vote. All right, call 45. Yeah, I was out there putting that list of books, and i got to add to it, Bush's Brain. Oh, that's right. Which was, that I saw on, that movie. That Did you really? Very good movie, actually. In fact, I'm on the website right now that's got the, um, buy the DVD, it's the uh, Bush's Brain website. Yeah, it was Which, great. The book was made into a documentary, and you've seen it? I saw it one and a half times. It was on, I think, IFC, since you just mentioned it. Really? Bush's Brain? It was great, with early footage of Karl Rove, like when he had Who's hair. Who's really running the country? There's a picture of Karl Rove, that beady-eyed uh, faggot. Oh, God. Look at him. That pasty no, you look at piece him. of crap. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm going to be making my pasta later he's on. He's a wank guy, as they say. My Greenfield's pasta, which nobody in the audience is trying. And you know what? Like you said, it's more for us. I, I have That's never right. been so oh, astonished okay. in my life. I mean, you know, lack of response is generally par for the course in South Florida. But here's the most important thing I think I've ever discovered. Maybe we just don't have any people with diabetes in the audience. Maybe they're all dead. Like some who aren't yet, but will yeah. be very soon. Maybe you don't have any fat people in the audience. Right, that could be it. I've seen a crowd, and they all look very slim and uh, yeah. Right. Slim and trim. Yeah. Paul Krugman writes, John and Jerry. Oh, this is so good. I saw a little uh, bit. I was in the falls yesterday, but in my hotel room before I went back and started plunging again. I saw a little bit of John McCain getting the softballs, the, uh, the softball toss from Tim Russert there on Eat the Press. What a phony man, John McCain. Don't get sucked in by this phony baloney. Paul Krugman writes, well, I'll be damned. At least that's what the Reverend Jerry Falwell says. Last month, Mr. Falwell issued a statement explaining that, in his view, Jews can't go to heaven unless they convert to Christianity. And what Mr. Falwell says matters, maybe not in heaven, but here on earth. After all, he's a kingmaker in today's Republican Party. Senator John McCain obviously believes that he can't get the Republican presidential nomination without Mr. Falwell's approval. During the 2000 campaign, Mr. McCain denounced Mr. Falwell and the Reverend Pat Robertson as agents of intolerance. But next month, Mr. McCain will be a commencement speaker at Liberty University, which Mr. Falwell founded. On Eat the Press yesterday, Mr. McCain was asked to explain his apparent flip-flop. I believe, he replied, that the Christian right has a major role to play in the Republican Party. One reason I believe is they're so active and their followers are. And I believe they have a right to be part of our party, he says now. So what's happened since the 2000 campaign to convince Mr. McCain that Mr. Falwell is not, in fact, an agent of intolerance? Maybe it was Mr. Falwell's TV appearance with Mr. Robertson on September 13, 2001, during which the two religious leaders argued that the terrorist attack two days earlier was divine punishment for American immorality. God continues to lift the curtain and allow the enemies of America to give us probably what we deserve, said Mr. Falwell, who also declared, I really believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, people for the American way, all of them who have tried to secularize America, I point their finger in their face and say, you help this happen. 
Or maybe it was Mr. Falwell's appearance on 60 Minutes, October of 2002, when he declared, I think Muhammad was a terrorist. Muhammad, he said, was a violent man. Unlike Mr. Falwell, I guess, who said of terrorists, we should blow them all away in the name of the Lord. After each of these incidents, by the way, Mr. Farwell issued what we were described as apologies, but they weren't apologies. They were statements along the lines of, I'm sorry that some people were upset by what I said. It's clear that in each case, Mr. Farwell's offensive remarks were not a slip of the tongue. They reflected his deeply held beliefs, and that's why it's important to hold someone like Mr. McCain, who is still widely regarded as a moderate in spite of his extremely conservative voting record, accountable when he coaches up to Mr. Falwell. Nobody thinks that Mr. McCain shares all of Mr. Falwell's views, but when Mr. McCain said that the Christian right has a right to be part of the Republican Party, he was in effect saying that Mr. Falwell's statements are within the realm of acceptable political discourse. Just to be clear, this is a free country. Mr. Falwell has a right to say what he thinks, even if his views include the belief that other people, by saying what they think, brought down God's wrath on America. By the same token, any political party has a right to include Mr. Falwell and his supporters, just as any politician has a right to make a political alliance with Mr. Falwell. But if you choose to make common cause with religious extremists, you're accepting some responsibility for their extremism. By welcoming Mr. Falwell and people like him as members of their party, Republicans are saying that it's okay, not necessarily correct, but okay to declare that okay. Islam was a America's punishment for its tolerance of abortion and homosexuality, that Islam is a terrorist religion, and that Jews can't go to heaven, and voters should judge the Republican Party accordingly. As for Mr. McCain, his denunciation of Mr. Farwell and Robertson six years ago helped give him a reputation as a moderate on social issues. Now that he's made up with Mr. Farwell and endorsed South Dakota's ban on abortion, even in the case of rape or incest, only two conclusions are possible. Either he isn't a social moderate after all, or he's a, solitical, a cynical political opportunist. Absolutely correct, sir. A cynical political opportunist. Yeah, I'll choose that one. Yeah. That's my choice. That's my vote. And, in fact, I vote for both of the above. Our goal today is 700 votes on that poll. Pretty weak, you know. Sorry for doing this poll today. Not sorry for you folks. Sorry for us. 639 votes is all we got. We might have to work hard to get 700. Pretty sad, isn't it? Oh, well. What book? Huh? Maybe we just don't have the right book on there. How about the Koran? No. <laughs> How about... Uh, Archie. Archie Comics. Yeah. 639 votes. What book should be compulsory reading? 1984-201. I hate this poll. 97. I don't read books. 82. See, so put those two together. You got almost 30% right there between those two. About 30, man. The Bible, 51. Well, for different reasons than some of you think, I'm sure. Farewell to God, 44. Charles Templeton. I'd go out there and get it today, and I'd be handing out copies of it on street corners if I had the time. Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, 40. Boy Scouts Manual, 23. Do your duty. And a lot of people wish they could. Moby Dick, 18, including Ma. The Da Vinci Code, 17. Fahrenheit, 451, 15. You realize it's coming up on two years she's been dead now, Ma. Yeah. You're supposed to say, oh, but you really miss her bad. No, I'm not going to say that. Oh. Uh, the Da Vinci Code, 17. Fahrenheit, 451, 15. Ken's Guide to the Bible, 12. Dude, Where's My Country? Michael Moore, 6. Excellent. Atlas Shrug. No, not Shrug. Shrugged. Oh, jeez. Shrug on a rug, Okay. <laughs> What is wrong with this man? You know, Josh, what hey, kind you of said school? shrug, okay? No, I did not. I said Atlas shrugged, 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 like mugged, which is what you're going to get in a minute if you don't cut the crap. And by the way, that check just got two decimal points smaller. I just put a $10 bill in the envelope. Atlas shrugged. Boy, I sure hope he didn't drop the, drop the globe when he uh, did that. Remember Charles Atlas? <laughs> Way before your time. I had those uh, comic books. My muscle man, Charles Atlas. That's right. Not very muscular, though. No, nasty looking. He looked like Jack LaLanne looks like right now, like a 95-year-old man in a jumpsuit. Yeah, get rid of them spandex pants, Juicy Man. 
Atlas Shrugged. I'm sure that uh, Eric will hop in on that. The truth about Barry Bonds and steroids has got five and would have a lot more if Josh wasn't suppressing the votes. Yeah, Josh is doing the George Bush Diable on the poll. The Count of Monte Crisco. <laughs> oh, five. All the President's Men for. See the movie instead. The Godfather 4. That's good. See, people actually read the book because it was even better than the movie. I know you don't believe me, but it's true. I believe you. In fact, even Fredo was great in it. Alistair Cook's America 4. Robert Kennedy is times 2. Go ask Alice 2. Smoke a big fat one when you're reading that. Letters from the Earth 2 by Samuel Langhorne uh, Twain. Bush's Brain 1. The Emperor Wears No Clothes, the exception to the rulers, and the powers that be all have got the big O out of 646. We're going to be hard-pressed to make 700, and then it can't be the 700 Club without, without Pat Robertson. Let's go kill uh, Hugo Chavez right on the ear here. What do you say? Or Michael Savage. Representatives from Queer Channel... CBS Radio, Citadel, and Intercom reportedly met this month with... Uh, last month, I'm sorry, it's April already. Holy cow, it's April. Time is marching on, man. Time is marching on. It's April the 3rd. Reportedly met last month with FCC officials to discuss a possible settlement over payola allegations. Oh, my God. Unnamed sources told Reuters on Friday that the four companies have been tossed to settle an investigation into pay-for-play activity... See, these people ought to be in jail for this, but with the FCC, all you got to do is give them some money. You know, it, it, right. It's like blackmail, that's all. Just like all the indecency fines. Well, they came up with the final settlement number, and they paid them off, and that was the end of that. Pay for play activity, and the companies may be considering financial settlements with the U.S. government to resolve the matter. Reuters cited several sources who declined to be named. The FCC started looking to pay all allegations in August of last year after New York State Attorney General Elliot Spitzer, our next president, began to look into alleged violations at radio stations in the Empire State. I say Elliot Spitzer for president. He's great from the Empire State. What? I'm spitting. Oh, that's right. He's Jewish. Like I said, no chance. One source told Reuters settlement talks have been on a fast track but slowed down in recent weeks. How about Elliot Spitzer and his running mate, Russ Feingold, with Jew Lieberman for a cheerleader? Oi. One source told Reuters settlement talks have been on a fast track but slowed down in recent weeks because each of the radio companies requested to see the evidence obtained by Spitzer's office before proceeding with the FCNC, the people who put the F in FCC. Well, F you, FCC. How do you like that? One source told a news organization the FCC initiated the settlement talks. Neither FCC representatives nor company representatives. Nobody, in other words, they're all mom. They're not speaking. It's embarrassing, okay? Payola. People went to jail for that. Peter Tripp, the curly-headed kid in the third row, WMGM in New York, 1050 on the dial. Uh, later became WHN. Went to jail for that. Peter Tripp. And Alan Freed got uh, just about, wasn't he involved in it? Sure he was. Yeah. 656 on the poll. We've got to get to 700. And then we can call it the 700 Club. Now, if we do that, can we, like, start taking religious donations? Speaking of donations, how's that campaign for uh, Man and Pet Rescue coming? I'm sorry I asked. Good, me too. Have we got to 21,000 yet? I don't know. And don't care. Is right. that what you're trying to say? Yes. Nice going there, Duffmeister. If Duff would spend as much time going out there selling his ass off, well, I shouldn't have said that. Wrecked him. Too late. Hey, listen, never give it away because then you can't sell it. Nobody will pay for it. That, that's just that's what Kathy Willett said. What are you going to do about it, you fairy? But anyway, he's, uh, you know, he got involved in that thing, and that thing turned out to be a bigger bond than the Japanese saw at the Nagasaki. And we got like uh, 21 grand or something like that. It ain't happening. Because you people, you know, you don't want this stuff. You don't want our goods. It's okay. We can handle it. Maybe we'd sell them our beds. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought was on there. 
Don't want our goods. They're on our website. It's bigger than hell. Just like the uh, thing with the pasta, the Dreamfields. They're not making any money yeah. off of that. But, boy, don't let that confuse them with the fact. Maybe they don't like it. It sure isn't disappearing off the uh, public shelves just by osmosis. Somebody's buying it. Somebody's trying it. Maybe they all died from it. You think? No. Or maybe they're still waiting on the throne for something to happen. No, it's got extra fiber in it in case you haven't noticed. Have you noticed? Not yet, but... Uh, no, you will. Any minute now. You will, mister. It's got extra fiber. You're going to be having some, you know, some moving experiences, believe me. Hey, if you think you have termites in your home, you ought to call our friends at Ridded Pest Control today and get a free termite inspection before your home is long gone. Ridded Pest Control uses an amazing orange oil treatment that kills termites and termite eggs 100% on contract, contact. I mean, they're gone right now. Faster than you can say, Todd Rex an idiot. If you have termites, it's the best possible way to get rid of them and to say goodbye forever. You don't have to tent your house. Well, that's the way. It looks like a carnival in the neighborhood every time I see one of those homes with all the tenting over the top. Ridiculous. You don't have to do that with these folks. No worrying about poisonous gas. No move-outs or hotel stays. No worrying about food or pets in your health. They treat your home with this amazing orange oil, and you don't have to leave it all. In fact, when they're done treating your property, the only thing left behind is the clean scent of oranges for just a few days. You'll be inhaling a lot. It's true. If you have a termite problem, call Ridded Pest Control right now and find out about this amazing orange oil treatment that kills termites and their eggs 100% on contact. No tending, no kidding. Call right now for a free, no-obligation inspection, 1-800-447-4348. That's 1-800-447-4348. Be sure and tell them that Todd Dreck told you to call 1-800-447-4348. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Oh, this is Arnold. This is not a tumor. It's the one to two hour. Beep, beep, bop, bop. 
Somebody says for the poll, a must read, Behold a Pale Horse. Behold a Pale Hose? A horse. And it's signed Mr. Okay. Unknown. Now, do we know a faction by the name of Mr. Unknown? No. No, but I know this header. They're chronic. Oh, Seattle Associates. That's fine. They're, they're all right. Yeah, that's, that's fine. A pale, uh, what is it? A pale, a Behold. white shade of pale? A pale horse. Wait till you hear this. You better hang on real tight because you're going right. to vomit. Maybe buckle up. Shock, shock. Howard Stern, ah! from the New York Daily News, got the right. scare of his life. I beg your pardon? You scared me. You shocked me. Threw up a little in your mouth? Yeah. Got Howard out. Stern got the scare of his life when a crazed fan spit in his girlfriend's face and threatened both of them at an upper west side street, sources said yesterday. But a frightened Stern quickly turned crime fighter, helping cops nap these screaming, arm-waving lunatics, sources said. Stern, who's regularly approached by friendly fans on the street, was especially shaken by the deranged man's angry outburst, a source close to the radio host said. His nerves, however, were calmed by a dozen or so cops who spread to the scene. It was very upsetting and traumatic, but he was very pleased with the professionalism and responsiveness of the police, Source said. The story which the privacy-loving jock shock jock may never talk about on his show unfolded shortly after 8 p.m. Saturday night as Stern and the leggy girlfriend, Beth Ostrowski, were walking on Columbus Avenue at 167 2nd Street after dinner. Wide-eyed fan Gregory Forbes recognized Stern confronted the long-haired satellite radio gabber, screaming, Howard! Forbes 50 allegedly screamed and waved his arms, threatening Stern and Ostrowski, getting right in their faces, making them fear for their lives, the sources said. When the couple walked away and jumped into a cab, Forbes chased after them with his fist raised and spit through the taxi's open window in Ostrowski's face a court complaint charges. <laughs> what are you doing, Renfield again? Yeah, yeah. Stern managed to call cops, but by the time they arrived, Forbes was gone. Undaunted, Stern hopped into an unmarked police car with anti-crime cops, helped them scour the area for the weirdo. Blocks away, two detectives spotted a man fitting Forbes' description about 8.50 p.m. Stern, from the safety of the unmarked police car, identified Forbes as the suspect. Forbes, who lives in a boarding house in Hamilton Heights, was hauled to the 20th Precinct Station House on West 82nd Street. He was arraigned in Manhattan Criminal Court last night on charges of third-degree menacing and secondary harassment held on $500 bail. A representative for Stern, who lives with Ostrowski in Manhattan, couldn't be immediately reached for comment. The weekend menacing incident was not the first time violent fans have threatened Stern. Ten years ago this month, a shotgun-packing man was busted in Midtown after allegedly running after Stern's limousine as it pulled into a studio loading dock. In 99, a man who once pointed a toy gun at Ronald Reagan in the 70s was sentenced to two and a half years in prison for sending letters to Stern threatening his life. The Saturday night confrontation was the latest agita for Stern, who recently complained that not enough of his fans have followed him since he left free radio for uh, pay radio in January. I want to say to my audience, you haven't come with me yet? How dare you? We're up to wild, crazy stuff. The show has never sounded better, he told Entertainment Weekly. How dare you? 
Yeah. Oh, he's also battling his old bosses who claim in a lawsuit he improperly plugged his new serious program on CBS's airwaves. Stearns denounced the lawsuit as frivolous, even going on David Letterman and Mike Kibaba, which he's right about that. Frivolous is an understatement. How dare, How dare you? you? Yeah, right. Shame on you. They're having a hell of a good time. Don't you want to have a good time? Don't want you? Don't, don't want to pay to listen to radio? What's wrong with you? God, even maybe Fifty Cent, you'd pay for it. For what? Not for radio, though. No. What book should be uh, com uh, compulsory reading? Let's see. I hate this poll. One hundred one. I don't read any books. Eighty five. See why? I mean, just six sixty nine. Uh oh, we got a real uphill march to get to seven hundred by two o'clock, don't we? Yes, we do. We have a trudge. 669, and, and they're not even coming in by the ones. They're coming in by the nuns. They all have that penguin outfit. They're coming in like with nuns. Don't forget the Panther game at Tampa. Now you hear it on AM 1360, because uh, just cause. Because the Marlin contract says that uh, when they're playing regular season games, they got to be on. They take precedence. The Panthers take a backseat to everybody in every respect. And that's because nobody cares about hockey in Florida, because it's a bunch of uh, mugwumps, a bunch of rednecks. Bunch of rednecks, they love their football, baby. Love, and this business that Hank keeps giving me, oh, it's all about the heat. Yeah. Nobody cares about the heat. I don't care what you guys say, Josh. Nobody cares about nothing. Dolphins, that's it. That's the beginning. The, enough said. Well, the right? heat is the hot ticket in town right now. Right right now, as compared to what? As compared to the WNBA? <laughs> what, what was the name of that team? That lasted about five minutes, like I told you. What was the name of that dyke uh, club? Oh, my God. I don't even remember. See? who Exactly. Who the hell would? Who would even know? Bunch of dyke ball. Who wants to see that crap besides a bunch of other dykes? That's who went to the games. I know that. And that's who was playing in the games. That's true. Well, motorist opens fire on Hell's Angels biker. The soul. It was the soul. Get out of here. Pretty sure. The Miami soul. They put Sounds the soul right. in your hole? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The soul in your bowl? can't say put the soul in your hole. We'll be getting, yeah. like, uh, Joyce on the phone any second now. A motorist opened fire on a group of Hells Angels motorcyclists along Interstate 95 in West Haven, Connecticut, yesterday, killing one, injuring another. Boy, Connecticut, what a, not a good place. You ever been there? No. Don't. Really? The bikers were traveling near, well, there's nothing there. We're traveling near, the I only like thing that. is close to New York, that's all. That, that's their claim to fame. They're close to New York, and they got Jew Lieberman. I, I like nothing. The bikers were traveling near West Haven around 3.30 yesterday afternoon when they were shot, said State Police Spokesman Sergeant J. Paul Vance. They're probably akin to, like, uh, Vance in your pants and David Vance. Police were considering a number of possible motives, including road rage, and were searching for a sport utility vehicle with Florida license plates. Uh-huh. Roger Mariani, 61, of Stratford, pulled over before realizing he'd been shot in the upper torso. He later died at Yale New Haven Hospital. Paul Carroll, 37, of Bridgeport, who was grazed by a bullet, was treated at the hospital and released. See that? In Connecticut, they're so mm -hmm. pissed off. They're like shooting bikers over there. Who the hell can blame them? Maybe they thought they were from Mexico. Maybe they were like listeners of, uh, what's his name, Michael Savage. How, how can he be on the air? That's what I don't uh, understand. That's a good question. Why, why would anybody put his ass on the air? I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to say any crap he wants, but how can he still uh, keep a job? He moves around more than Pharrell, which is saying everything. 677, boy, we got 23 votes to go until, uh, well, they could even do that I hate this poll by 2 o'clock, right? That's how much they hate it. Never do it. Well, I know that. They hate they it so much even they're do, not even They won't even that. do that. They don't want to be uh, touching it. They don't want to be associated with it. It's unclean. 5670560, oh, pound 560 in the Verizon Singular wireless line. WQAM, hello. Hey, oh, God. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, uh... 
Uh, book is a small website, huh? Listen, speaking of your boy Dusty, I was watching his show last night, and now he's involved with a, another scandal. And it's what you're talking about, Barry Bonds' book. It seems like they were tracing back where steroids actually started in baseball. And it, they based it on uh, Jose Canseco when he went to the Texas Rangers. And there you go. That's where he injected Raphael. And guess who owned the Texas Rangers there? Couldn't be our George president, W. Bush. Yeah. I'll be damned. Okay. Like, we didn't know that. Take a guess. Right. right, he said that. Like that was a major revelation or something like that. Even in the Bible, all. they got bigger revelations than that. Like it is written, that uh, it is spoken, it is uh, yeah, a bunch of crap. I mean, you people out there, this this God thing, you know, and we're praying to God. Oh, that's that's what they faxed this morning, the story about how prayer doesn't work. We had that out last week. Right. It was on our website. I read the story on the air for obvious reasons to try to prove a point. Oh, yeah, well, the uh, power of prayer, the Lord uh, saved me. Well, all the other people died on that plane, but the Lord saved me. Yeah, well, what, what a God, huh? He's very selective. Mm. Maybe the Lord was willing to want to do some hanky spanky with them or something like that. Who the hell knows? Just, just nonsense. Just uh, praying to God. There's six billion people crawling around on this planet. Like that one guy wrote, ninety percent too many, except for us. And we're, and he's he, God must have a whole bunch of ears. You know, he must his hearing must be better than like a woodpecker. Must be incredible. Hmm. Now what they say that birds have great hearing? Birds and bats. Right. Anything well, with that, a B. Huh? Right. Anything with a B, like Joe Bell. I bet you he's got a good hearing, so at 2 o'clock when I yell on the phone, get out of here, go, you know, like that. I don't want to. I got nothing to tell you. Do you it. Know, nothing to say. Say, hi, how you doing? Hi, and see you. Say, see what, you around. Good luck, good luck to you. How about good luck and you'll need it? How's that? All I right. mean, they're sure taking their damn sweet time. The only thing that they did real fast is putting a bunch of little children. Play Billy J. Kramer again, little children. Play Brad Kramer singing little children again. One moment, please. Yeah. Crazy Kramer. I won't see Crazy Kramer no more. Remember him? He used to be on with Tanner in the morning. What? On Y100. Here's Billy J. Kramer. This would be the theme song on the uh, 700 Club. Little children. See, you're making up for lost time now. All those years that you didn't hear the song. What did we say the year was? 1963? 64? Correct. 64. Totally. That's enough. WQAM, hello. QAM. Muy importante call time. And you're not there. Let us down. Shame on you. What was the line that Howard said? He said, uh, what was it? Shame oh, how on dare you? you. How, how dare you? How dare you not be there when I finally get around to taking a call or two? How dare you, as the Sternmeister said? I mean, what, what kind of an attitude is that? That would be like saying, how dare you not uh, buy our uh, CD on right. that thing? You know, how, I mean, if you want it, fine. If not, nothing I can do about it. If you want to help us out, that's great. If not, we understand. You're cheap. We know that. Learned that over these many years. How dare you? Like, like he's going to intimidate them into paying for it? They don't want They don't want to. How do you like that, Howie? They don't want to. They don't want to pay to listen to radio. And believe me, that, that whole XM and serious thing, that's maxed out. You know, they'll be trickling a few more, be trickling in over here, over there. That's it. Didn't I predict that? Didn't yes, I say did. that? Now, sure, I would have gone on there in a heartbeat. You bet. Sure, I would like to talk to more than just these same uh, 50 in, inbreds that we talk to every day. We'd like that. We're not going to happen. And there's that Dana Bash again with a bash rhymes with mustache. This is Neil Rogers. Look at that mouth, man. See where Wences lives. 560 QAM.
Somebody once told me Washington's gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Democrats said I was dumb with their fingers and their thumbs and the shape of a W on their forehead. Now, the scandals are coming and they don't stop coming. Never should have let Dick Cheney go hunting. Didn't make sense to give up the ports or try to put Harriet Myers on the court. Abu Ghraib and Scooter Libby, these are the things that do not help me. You never know how it'll go. No. I've never seen polls this low. No. Hey now, I'm a lame duck sitting here with no friends. Hey now, I'm a lame duck waiting here for the end. My only friend is Carl even he thinks this is getting old. My second term is on hold. So I sit here collecting mold. Good. <laughs> it's 117 at 560 WQM. It's the Bull Camper warm-up show. Kimba Bull Camper at 2. Going to dazzle you with his uh, sports uh, whatever. Car bomb. More good news from Iraq. Car bomb kills at least 10 in Baghdad. A car bomb in eastern Baghdad killed at least 10 people, wounded 30. About 30, man. Others, Baghdad emergency police sources said today. The blast took place near a mosque in the Shab area. A mosque, again, the man in the mosque. Also today, gunmen in southern city of Basra killed six Sunnis, including a child in a market. Uh, I bet you the Iraqis are very grateful for the very fine quality of life that we've given them. Getting thank you cards every day. Also among the dead who were all related were two police officers and a naval officer who were shot in the naval. The four gunmen opened fire from a passing car. Now, let's see. Three U.S. Marines, one sailor, have been killed during combat in Anbar province, U.S. military said today. Uh, 2336, that's that magic number the death told us. Anybody care? No. Anybody count? No. Nobody cares. Just continues going. Well, a few people care, but they're all mum. Five, oh, by the way, nobody got killed in that cargo plane, that C-5 that crashed. Did you see that? No, I didn't. They, uh, well, there are like some injuries, but they didn't, they didn't at Dover, Dover Air Force Base. Probably not too far from Dover Downs, I would think. WQAM, hello. Don't show penetration on the um, on uh, on demand. They don't show hearing break in the face. Yeah, Howard. What is it? Sounds like Howard. Oh, it's, it did sound like Howard to me. Yeah. Oh, we're very impressed by that. Maybe they're replaying it for the fourth time today. I'm very impressed. See, that's a response from an idiot. How dare you play that on our important show? How dare you uh, breathe the fresh air? How dare you not like uh, sleep with a Howard blow-up doll? Shame on you. We got our 700 votes yet or what? Refreshing. See, I, I don't Not know why I waste my time with these bedtime stories. What we ought to do is just cater totally to morons, because that's all we get on the phone, 90%. And look at what Howard's done with that. 695. Oh, we'll get our 700. Don't you feel a lot better now? We can come back tomorrow again. Or not. Oh, jeez. I'll after that call with Joe, and I tell him what you said this morning about him. Five six seven oh five sixty. Pound what Josh said. Pound five sixty on the Verizon Singular Wireless line. Actually, Josh won't even remember Dave Van Boren. You know, you're you're just you won't take my advice, man. You're just wimping out. What is your What is wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with me. What, What's wrong with start? you? You're I'll, just such a wimp. I'm not a wimp. I have no problem with Dave Van Horn. Van, get the name right. Dave Van Boren. <laughs> Can't even say the name. I want you to say it once. Dave Van Boren. Just say it. D V H. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dave Van Boring. Just say that. That's all. No comment. Moving along. No, you can't even say it. What are you doing? He's, is he I know he's got a hot wife. Now, she's not uh, doing anything with you. I'm sure of that. Are you sure? No. Well, there's got to be some reason. It's not because he's great on the air. It's not because they treated him so well up there. 
not getting any checks from them. Not because they know. Not getting any checks from them. How many checks are you getting from Dave Van Boring every month? <laughs> Say it just once. Come on. You're, Even you are a Do turd, it. man. Do I'm it. a turd? Yeah, what's wrong with you? I'm sending you an empty, an empty envelope today. And it's not a joke. Okay, I'm sending you an else. Huh? No, I am I haven't put your name on it. I'll say it. I never even heard the guy. Yeah. Well, you, you, you'd say it to anybody. You're just a bastard. We know that. That's right. Well, you guys got to have a little uh, impact on Josh there. He's just too nice. He wants to be Mr. Uh, nice Guy. Not on this show. That's either. not true. I read people who I think suck. Like, like, such as Rich, Rich Waltz. You don't even rip him. I, I, I didn't. I said he's not that good last year. He wasn't oh, very good. Oh, well, he's not that good. Come on. He's he very... sucks. Okay. He sucks. Just say Dave Van Boren once. Real quiet. <laughs> Come on. All right. This is getting boring. <laughs> ah! I heard it. Don't worry. We'll edit, we'll edit it. that up. We'll chop that up. Make some <laughs> nice out of it. Just say Dave Van. He already did. We oh, you did that? You got that? Okay. We, yeah, yeah, we can piece it. it together there. <laughs> no Excellent. Worries. We'll make Woo! Five, six, seven. I'm hiding the jack tape right now. <laughs> <laughs> Better hurry, George. He's got his finger on it. Trust me. WQAM, hello. Hi, Jack. Oh, God. WQAM, that's the Chamber guy, by the way. Yeah. I am okay. Georgie. I just spoke a little fag now. WQAM, hello. QAM. Oh, Neil. Yeah. Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. What are you going to do about it, you queen? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I hope they enjoy watching the game. I didn't know they had tickets. Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl, my ass, okay? What am I going to do about it? Oh, I don't know. How dare you? Boy. I'll tell you one thing. I'm really P.O.'d about that thing about letting Vinatieri get away from the Patriots. What that was that all about? What were they thinking, Josh? What was that all about? I don't know, but you're done. Dave Van, come on. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, I got a few books for you here. No, no particular order. Oh, yeah. how many is a few? Like a dozen? Three. The Color oh. Purple, Call the Wild, and The Joy of Sex. What was the first one? The Color, Color Purple. Is a book? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the Call the Wild. Wild. Yeah. I like that book. And then The Joy of Sex. The Joy, the joy of Sex. Sex. Oh. Uh, I didn't know they read them in trailer parks. Did you? Maybe they got somebody to read to them. I don't know. Nice trailer, by the way. Maybe they saw the movie. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the uh, Verizon and cellular uh, singular whatever uh, wireless line it is. WQAM, hello. I'm crazy. No, WQAM, hello. Could have fooled Neil, us. Happy Monday. And back to you. Happy uh, Pesach. Thank you. Uh, where exactly do they carry that Greenfield pasta down here? Publix. Anywhere else? Because they hire a lot of Haitians. Oh, there's that guy again. Well, you know, guess what? He's been on the last time. You're boring. I hope that the occasion uh, cab driver comes along and just beats the snot on you. How do you like that? Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon singular wireless lines. WQAM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Do you think that the space? No, I don't. WQAM. Hello. WQAM. Hola. Neil. Yes, sir. Why I was ripping uh, Dave and Boring and Joe Sagaki sucks and, and, and Hank, he's, he, Hank sucks. He's boring and, uh, and, uh, he sucks. Yeah, and, uh, You and him, he, he, getting it on or what? Yeah. He's boring. Yeah. yeah. And, well, uh, what, what, what would you like me to do about it? 
Uh, is that a rip, Hank, too? He sucks. Okay, okay Hank sucks. 5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon. In fact, I'll tell him that right to his ear tomorrow on the air. I'll tell him you send your regards, and you want you want some of them. You want a piece. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, did you hear about yesterday the, the Pope? They celebrated him? Yeah. Yeah, Wasn't they made pretty... him into a saint. They made him into a saint. Saint, uh, saint Papa, whatever it is. Yeah, he's a saint now. Big stinking deal. Who cares? He never stole a freight train, and he liked his Polish sausage. That's what the uh, switch guard said. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless line. Oh, il Papa, il Papa! If you want to see what's wrong with the world, just take a look at all them getskis there at St. Peter's Square, man. Just take a look at that scene going on there. Just like the day they were schlepping him around, like he, he looked like the old uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Had the, he had the puppet for it, I'll tell you that. Remember that with them little shoes, them so. Oh, no, yeah. the new pope with them little red slippers. shoes. I think yeah. I think the red shoe, uh, shoe diaries that was about uh, this new pope, the Nazi pope. Well, they'd have to make some changes. This Pope Benjamin Franklin Pope. They'd have to write the women out. And by the way, speaking of people who suck, Eddie Pope to another senile old fart. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM.
Dios mío, esos carros. May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. The Mexican National Holiday. Some stations are giving away trips to Cancun. Some are giving away trips to Mexico City. But we're bringing Mexico to you. That's right. We're giving away Mexican. Real live Mexican. Ay, caramba. We'll be smuggling illegal aliens across the border in the wheel well of a station van. Then we'll give one to you. Imagine your own personal Mexican. They'll wash your car. Clean your house. Pick your Anything you want. Because if they don't, you'll have them deported. Adios, amigo. Be the head color when you hear this sound and win a Mexican. Members of this station and their families are not eligible to own Mexicans. Bathing and delousing of Mexicans is winner's responsibility. Station assumes no liability for infectious diseases carried by Mexicans. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo in your own home. Every day. With your very own Mexican. People listening to win. How dare you say those things. 129 at QAM. We got our 700 votes. You can rest easy now. 721. Damn, boring sucks. 721 votes. I didn't know the Humper did play-by-play, by the way. I was uh, talking about Joe Zagaki and Dave Van Boring. We're talking play-by-play guys. You want to talk talk radio guys? That's another conversation. I mean, look at our look at those numbers we got in our sports talk shows now. Look at those. Doesn't that convince you of something? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we need a lot more of those segments, man. We need a lot more Ira Windbag, a lot more Mike Keenan, a lot more uh, Eric Reed who talks through his teeth. Maybe we can get Rich Waltz on there, too. Josh is a big Rich Waltz fan. What book should be compulsory reading? We got over seven over. That's all we care about now. Don't even need to look at this. 1984, 217. You see what percentage of the whole total? About 30, man. I hate this pool, 109, 105. I don't read books, 92. That's 20, 27%. Either hate the pool or don't read books. And the reason they hate the pool is, by the way, on this one, they, they don't read books. That's right. The Bible, 54. That's as far as I'm reading. The Bible. The good book says, well, that's your ancient good book. so good. If that's the good book, I'd hate to see the bad book. Richard Huff, who's the uh, entertainment uh, guy, the Daily Daily News TV editor, who actually writes about current stuff. I wonder what Tom Jeff has got to say about Katie Couric. You think he'll have a column about that? Maybe Maybe. in a couple of months after she's been on the air for a week. What a joke. Anyway, Richard Huff says the story of Katie Couric's future has been picked apart more than a dead horseshoe crab surrounded by a flock of seagulls. However, what's lost in the feeding frenzy is this. Couric shouldn't leave NBC. Doing so would be a terrible mistake. Absolutely. That's not a knock on CBS. For Couric anchoring the evening news will be a bad move, even if she gets some 60 minutes work factored in. Instead, she should go to the talk interview show route, route, route. As someone who's watched today for a long time, oh, how sad. It's clear that while Couric is very good at a lot of things, and she has to be to be at today, the CBS Evening News isn't a good fit. Yeah, you got to be really good to be on today, like, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Brian Gumball. Before you start wagging your finger, that says nothing to do with her being a woman headed toward a slot normally held by men. Elizabeth Vargas broke that mold already over at ABC. She's not too bad, Elizabeth Vargas. You like her? She's all right. She's okay. Not great, but she's okay. Don't mind her. Rather, it's an assessment of her skills. She's not at her best sitting behind the desk reading a teleprompter. It's easy to sympathize with Couric not wanting to host the Today Show anymore. She's been there 15 years. Anyone who's been in the same job for a long period of time has felt the strain of repetition. Oh, yeah. And the desire to want to do something more challenging. Memo to boss. Anyone but me, of course, he says. <laughs> sure, taking the CBS job would offer prestige, but little more. She'd have to share 22 minutes with the talented folks there and have little chance to spread her wings. See, you thought it was going to say legs. It says wings. NBC can't give her the anchor job. It has a variety of platforms, including cable and broadcast, to showcase her network. 
rather than head for the tight confines of an evening newscast, one that's grown lately with the sturdy, respectable Bob Schieffer, but has been mired in third for years, okie dokie, Kirk ought to hip up NBC Universal boss Jeff Zucker for a talk interview show. Oh, I'd sure tune in for that, not. Just like I tuned in for that show with the uh, Barbara Walters. What is that, The View? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Word is CBS is also writing a documentary unit for her at the network, but that will be in addition to evening news. The talk interview show could be a daytime vehicle or could air in prime time. Dateline is long in the tooth. NBC could easily give correct the time. It's a format she can have built to her strengths. She can be serious. She can be goofy. She can do anything she wants. Okay, so Jane Pauley flunked in daytime talk show field. That doesn't mean Kirk would, too. By the way, not everyone agrees with me on this concept. I can't see how that would be much of an improvement, said Andrew Tyndall, head of the Tyndall Report, which monitors newscasts. In her heart of hearts, there's that again. In her heart of hearts, exactly I think she wants to be a serious journalist, and there's no room for serious journalism in the Oprah Hour. I see. She's a serious journalist? Katie Couric? Couric can be serious in talking to be sure she could crank up the chase for the big interviews with Barbara Walters and Diane Sawyer. And what better way to exploit them than on her own show? Whatever she decides, and let's hope it happens soon so this madness over her future ends, she'd be best served not stuck behind the CBS Evening News anchor desk. I'd say stick her ass behind there and don't put her on the air. Remember how they came in and dragged Howard Beale off the set? Right. That's what they ought to do with, with that bit. I'm as mad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh! Exactly. Five six seven oh five sixty. I mean, look, it's really, and of course the guy said about professional Bob Schieffer. So that tells you right off the uh, off the bat that this guy's an idiot. Probably sleeping with old Bob Schieffer, and Bob don't even know it. Yeah, have you seen the Tom Dick column about this Katie Cork thing? No, and you won't till after it's old, 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 moldy news. Because uh, you know that would be like writing anything that isn't about a puff a TV show, a puff piece. Oh, and guess what I saw a clip of the other night, and they weren't even sleeping in the same bed. Supernatural. Oh, really? That, that's on all over the place. It's on, at least here anyway. It's on all kinds of Maybe slots. Maybe trying to find a slot for it. Are they really? Maybe Josh can help them out. I'm sure he knows what he, what he, what he thinks they have in mind. 5670560. Oh, now, what did he call me today? He said I was a turd. That's bad. So I was a turd because I wanted him to tell the truth just, just this one time. Just this one time. He wouldn't do it. Sticks to his guns, though, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He sticks. WQAM, hello Hello, Neil Yes, sir Hey, what's up, man? First time caller I just wanted to say that I have been listening to your show for the past 18 years now And I'm 28 My father Wow Absolutely loves you My mother hates you Good, good sign She could be a bitch sometimes, too That's what I hear yeah, I know. She can't. God bless her, though. I just wanted to call up. Nice I was listening to your fish. show a few days ago about South Park, about that douchebag that... Uh... Uh, see, there we go. Potty mouth. And I'm sure he didn't mean anything. But, I understand know. that, but I am not. I can't uh, let him go on because he obviously That's thinks right. he can say crap. You know, and he can't, you can't say crap. Don't you understand that, sir? You can't say DB on the air. Crap. That's not what the FCC says. That's what Joyce says. And, of course, our management is so weak need. Oh, we don't have our license. <laughs> yeah. How long? How how many years is that going to be the excuse? We don't have our license. Oh, the Beasleys are all worried. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm not the one that put Pharrell on the air. I'm not the one that put Stern on the air, but I'm the one that's got to take the fallout from it, okay? I'm the one that's got to have his balls tied in a knot with a little pink ribbon on it because of that, because management in this radio station, because the ownership of this station are like idiots. Bunch of idiots over there. I'll take their money, okay? At least the checks cash when they show up. 
They are imbeciles, man. Yeah, you know, it's like a kid keeps stealing cookies out of the cookie jar, and all of a sudden, uh, Daddy says, you know, you do that again, Johnny, I'm going to, like, beat the crap out of you. And guess what? That night, 5 o'clock, Dad comes home from work, and Johnny's sticking, uh, st sticking it up there on a chair, and he's got his hand in the cookie jar. Well, guess what? That's it. He gets spanking again. How many times do you have to make the same mistake before you finally learn? You know what I'm saying? You clowns over there, for Christ's sakes. Am I right? I'm going to kick his ass, and then I'll steal his two pounds. Yeah, that should have been enough of a lesson. But no! No. In fact, it would be like maybe Dad hired the cookie police to come to the house every day, and after the cookie police, then the, the kid starts uh, hopping up on the chair uh, ten times a day. Well, either the kid must be a retard or he's just uh, a glutton for punishment. Maybe that's it. A glutton for punishment. What am I talking about? Called, all, all of this because the poor guy said DB on the air. Sorry, pal, I can't say it. Tragic. You can say, you can say it separate. You can say, oh, what a douche, you know. That's right. Remember that song by the uh, Four Seasons? Mm-hmm. Or you can say, hey, it's in the bag. Like Mo would say, it's in the bag. Do, 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 do. You, can't, you can't say it within like uh, ten syllables of each other. Or else we get joist. And so you see, that, that, that should be a real good lesson to him and the whole audience out there. We can't say anything. Right. Oh, but go on there. Uh, nice comeback there in the radio. It's a miracle we have any audience left, for Christ's sakes. We can't say crap. And that's the honest to God truth. In fact, that's one of the ten words left on the list that we can still say. Crap. Crap. That's why I say it a lot, because uh, you never know when they're going to, like, cut that. Cut the crap. In fact, with this outfit, I'm sure they're never going to cut the crap. They just can't stop. Crap is part of their lexicon, man. Crap is their middle name. It's the crap in Beasley's. That's what it's all about. So what am I going to talk to Joe Bell about it, too? Are we going to go through the same dog and pony show again? The same song and a dance? I don't know. Oh, They've got some exciting news for you. you know, I don't want anybody agreeing with do anything it. I say and then doing nothing about it, you know? You can do it. I can do what? Just what? He's going to make sure you and Josh get taken care of. He's already no, taken I, good care of you. Haven't you I seen that, that so yeah, far? I feel it. By nothing. By ignoring you guys. By, like, stonewalling. Even the fags in New York never saw a stonewall like this one. So what's the point of talking to somebody when you know that everything is going to, oh, I agree with everything you're saying. You're, yeah, man, fine. I don't want to hear about it. Just leave me alone. Can't you do that? Can you leave me alone? No. We're doing just fine 10 to 2. Before 10, I mean, well, that's another story. And, and, and after 2, I mean, uh, you know. And he's got this. And that, that memo, that, that was the end. That was the, didn't I tell you the day that thing mm -hmm. came out? That was the end. When we get a memo from our juvenile, from our overgrown child program director, that two of his little boyfriends there, uh, that the triumvirate are the programming mavens, and they're running the show. That's all. We already knew that. But to put it in print, to put it in a memo, and then slap everybody to, to rub our noses in it, I can still smell it. Oh, God. I've been, uh, even the elephants there at the old uh, swap shop smell better than that. Combined with the sawdust. Boy, did that make a nice aroma? Put you in a coma. See, this is what Preston had all his problems lately. God is punishing him. Sometimes he's a little bit slow, but sooner or later, hey, oh God. he gets around to a payback. He's a bitch, Preston. Forcing us to sit up there with those spotlights shining right in my face, sweating like a pig. With those elephants and that sawdust, with that show, with that three-ring circus right in front of us. And, of course, now at least it's consistent. We work on a three-ring circus. At least you guys are. Oh, that elephant girl was really hot. I, how, I couldn't see through the haze. Yeah, I made it a point. I'll bet you did. 20 before 2 at 560 WQM. Hey, wait a minute before we do the break. As tensions increase, I was going to do this like a spot. Well, might as well. We haven't got any. As tensions increase between the U.S. and Iran, U.S. intelligence and terrorism experts, you notice all these short breaks today? Mm -hmm. And the trade, trade, trade. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five this hour. Six. Excuse me. Three, six. Six. 
We got more trade minutes this hour than we got pay spots on here. Nice job there, baby. And, of course, the new guy, well, he just came in. He's still getting his feet wet. Everybody's getting wet. Oh, I thought that's what happened when Greg was there. This is Neil Rogers. And it was usually him. This is 560 QAM. <laughs>
144-1602, we got Kim Camper coming along to analyze and do a strategize and whatever at 2 o'clock. And the revolving a dough, two to full. And we're pretty embarrassed about that whole thing. But nevertheless, this is this new, this is mismanagement at her very best. As tensions increase, this is what I started before I interrupted myself. Right. You got me all whipped up into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. Not good just before that important call at 2 o'clock. As tensions increase between, I think that's your plan. Isn't that your game plan to try to get me like all whipped up and screaming and yelling? Yeah, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. As tensions increase between the U.S. and Iran, U.S. intelligence and terrorism experts say they believe Iran will respond to U.S. military strikes on its nuclear sites by deploying its intelligence operatives and Hezbollah teams to carry out terrorist attacks worldwide. Somebody I know, a great philosopher once said, poking the hornet's nest again is what right. that would be. But I said whack. Iran would mount attacks against U.S. targets inside Iraq, where Iranian intelligence agents already are plentiful, predicted these experts. There's also a growing consensus that Iran's agents would target civilians in the U.S., Europe, and elsewhere. How do you like that? And who was always mm. screaming about Hezbollah, by the way? Wasn't that old Bobby Graham under that? Screaming and just carrying on like a maniac. And about how Iran was like a hundred times more dangerous, but nobody would listen to him. Guess what the major movie studios are doing today? Uh, nothing. They're making movies available for downloading the same day they're released on DVD, but much, much more expensive. Then, a significant step in Hollywood's tentative migration to the internets. The movie pans will pay for the convenience. Downloadable movies such as Bare Ass Mounting, King Kong, and Pride and Prejudice may cost as much as twice what the DVD versions do and play only on a personal computer. New releases can't be rented online, just purchased. Well, what does that mean, can't be rented online? What is that? I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. No. And, and by the way, something, why, yeah. why would I pay for something that I could only watch on my PC? Why would I pay twice, twice as much for that? Yeah, than, and you're a little, uh, than, I mean, I got, I got a nice monitor here, but it's uh, you're not that right. big, you know. Right? Well, Unless even I if you did, why would you buy a DVD that you could only play in one player for Well, oh, by the way, I think it's, oh, it's uh, did I say it was April or May when that uh, Toshiba's coming out, the HD DVD? I forget. Keep reminding me. <clears throat> I want to be like, uh, I want to go right out and get it. Although the movies that are available, that list that they gave it, well, it's crap. There'll you know? be more, you know, it's like with everything. Well, so there's no rush. Right. The constraints on services from MovieLink and Cinema now illustrate the central role that economics play in the evolution of home video distribution. <clears throat> As they experiment with offering online video on demand, studios are keeping prices high and restrictions tough so they don't alienate retailers whose DVD sales still provide the vast majority of the revenue. I'll uh, take the DVD, thank you, any day. Right? Right. I don't want to sit here on my ass. I mean, if it's, you know, like, like loose change, I'll sit here and watch it on my uh, PC. Mm. That's fine. can enjoy it. Right. You think they're watching it? How dare you not watch that? <laughs> How dare you not read our news oh. stories? How dare you not contribute a few bucks to our uh, uh, band and pet rescue? How dare you uh, all of these things? That, that's what a, what a comment. What a joke. Boy, does he have a lot of chutzpah. No, just a gigantic ego. Just, just the, the biggest in the world, you know. I've never seen it. And, of course, those who want to feed it, you know, keep feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. Just uh, sad, very sad. I mean, like the dean used to say, Alan Burke. Only he was joking with, when I'm on the air, nobody else needs the air. But he was joking, you know. He was, he's a good guy. It was just, it was just his shtick. Now, we're not even reaching 300 uh, news stories on the most... I think we're going to dump these stories here. You know, we dumped the... Uh, in fact, maybe we just dumped the website. 
Except for the poll. Just do a poll on there every day. Now let's keep those stories. Come on now. Empty envelopes, man. Empty. In fact, I'll send you a whole year supply. I'll send you the mail this weekend coming up. <laughs> whole year supply of envelopes. Battle Brews as porn moves into mainstream. This is what they're reading today off our website because it's got the word porn in it. <laughs> the industry's VIPs mingle at political galas and Super Bowl parties. Their products available on cell phones, podcasts, and especially the internets. There it's an attraction like no other, patronized by tens of millions of Americans. It's porno. And if you think you're a consumer, John Harmer thinks you're damaging your brain. Well, screw you, John. I wonder if he's kin to Tommy Harmer. I doubt it. Tom Harmer, Mickey McNichols' brother-in-law. Harmer is part of a cadre of anti-porn activists seeking new tactics to find unprecedented deluge of porn, which they see as wrecking countless marriages and warping human sexuality. You see porn as wrecking countless marriages? Not mine. Not, well... That ain't any help. Yeah. They're urging federal prosecutors to pursue more obscenity cases and raising funds for high-tech brain research that they hope will fuel lawsuits against porn magnet maggots. We don't think it's a lost cause, said Harmer, a Utah-based auto executive and former politician who's been fighting porn for 40 years. He's from Utah, where all those polygamists are, who are making babies like even with their daughters, they're making more babies. Perverts, the worst. It's the most prof- uh, those polygamists. You didn't see that show? Oh, brother. Oh, yeah. That was something. It's the most profitable industry in the world, he said, but I'm convinced we demonstrate in the not-too-distant future the actual physical harm that pornography causes and hold them financially accountable. That could be the straw that breaks their back. That could be the jack straw that breaks the uh, porno people back. Those perverts, you know, like uh, Al Goldstein used to be, and all the other ones. Mm-hmm. The activist adversary is a sprawling industry that by some counts offers more than 4 million porn sites on the Internet. That, just in the U.S. alone, is estimated to be worth $12 billion a year. So obviously nobody wants it. A tracking firm, Comscore Media Metrics, is about 40% of Internet users in the U.S. visit all sites each month. What do you mean each month? How about each hour? Look at this audience, each minute. Porn products are featured at popular sex expositions and retail chains such as Hustler Hollywood. Yet at Larry Flint, what a guy. Major hotels provide in-room porn, and adult film stars are now mainstream celebrities. Mary Carey attended a VIP Republican fundraiser in Washington mid-March, as we told you. Jenna Jameson's How to Make Love Like a Porn Star hit the bestseller list, and she hosted a racy, raunchy pre-Super Bowl party in Detroit in February. Maybe there's a comeback for, uh, what's your name? Kathy Willis, you think? Ooh. No. No. Fat. Exactly. As much as there is a national consensus on the evils of kitty porn, there's none whatsoever on porn featuring adults and marketed to them. It's more pervasive than ever, yet activists and experts disagree bitterly over the extent of harm it causes. The form of entertainment is no problem, said Paul Cambria, general counsel for the Porn Industries Adult Freedom Foundation. There are individuals who are going to react abnormally to normal material, but it's not a problem for the average person. For every couple driven apart by porn, there are others whose relationship is enlivened, he said. He dismissed contentions that porn is highly addictive or brain damaging. Some people lie about it, Cambria said. It's their way of excusing personally unacceptable conduct. It wasn't me. It was porn. The porn done it. The dog done it. I watched the dog do it, and then I done it. Such attitudes infuriate experts on the other side who say online porn is as addictive as crack cocaine. Online porn, crack cocaine. How about online gambling? Here on the Gambling Channel. The Internet is the perfect liver system for antisocial behavior. It's free and piped into your house, said Marianne Leiden, a psychologist and addiction expert at the University of Pennsylvania. Internet porn is probably the biggest miseducation system we can devise in terms of sexuality and misuse of women. She says, well, I'm not, you don't have to worry about that. 
She says many of her patients, rather than improving their sex lives uh, with porn, suffer sexual dysfunction instead. And it's not your father's porn, they said. Psychologist David Greenfield of Connecticut, with little or no effort, as long as you have a computer, you can access some of the most stimulating content on the planet. There's no delay, no uh, person watching. It's designed to be very quickly get you to a point where you're not in full control. <laughs> you're not in full control. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Some of the stuff that I've seen on there, I'd like to be in full control, but like a machine gun, I'm blowing the screen out. Wow. Kind of makes you want to play that Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. Most of these people on there are about as sexy, I would say, as Rod Stewart. Or maybe even even more. A little bit. Not much. How's that poll coming? We got seven uh, 766. And we didn't start this one until like 8.30 this morning. We, if we could have had 1,000, if you would have like uh, started yesterday. I wasn't available to do that because I wasn't here. I was busy coming back from Niagara Falls, from the casino, plunging my guts. Living and breathing people, man. You ought to see it in there. They're like uh, wedding their honeymoon couples. Really? Yeah, young people in there, like wedding uh, tuxedos and gowns. Some of the some of the guys in gowns. Wedding their gowns. This is Neil Rogers. This is 
Want your kids to grow up big and strong like major leaguers? Then send them to the Barry Bonds Anabolic Youth Baseball Camp. All right, kids. Grip it with both hands, line up your knuckles, and squeeze firmly. Now, take that lotion that squirted out the bottle and rub it into your biceps. Is this sunscreen, Mr. Bonds? Uh, I refuse to answer on the grounds that I may incriminate myself. At the Barry Bonds Anabolic Youth Baseball Camp, they'll also learn valuable life lessons. Remember, kids, if you make a mistake in baseball, it is not your fault. Then whose fault is it, Mr. Bonds? It's the media's fault. Yay! Barry Bonds will change your child so dramatically you won't even recognize it. Make your little slugger the next big thing. Call the Barry Bonds Anabolic Youth Baseball Camp today for more information. But don't ask too many questions. You got that? What are you going to do about it? 157 at 560 WQM. Kim Abo Camper on the other side of the update. Who's doing the update today? Ken? No, Jesse Island, I believe. It says Ken on my thing here. Oh, no, it could be uh, Ken, but I saw Jesse, so I'm presuming it's Ken. Ken, who's dressed up as Jesse Agri today. It'll he's be one of doing them. It. Well, maybe he's hockey intensive. We got, somebody's got to be because we got the hockey game tonight on KAT 1360. If you're searching for the Panther game, the biggest game of the season, it's uh, not on QAM because we got the Marlins with Dave Van Boring. 774 votes on the poll so far. Come on, you can say it just once. Come on. Before we leave. It. We got a minute and 37 seconds. We can wait. Yeah, we'll wait for it. Dave is. How about Dave is Van Boren? How's that? How about if we change the word to it? What books are being compulsory reading? 774, not a, not a one mole. And how dare you not vote on this poll? 1984, 228. I hate this poll, 114. I don't read books, 95. What do you think, I'm some kind of a genius listening to this stupid show? Of course not. We don't want no geniuses. But how dare you not read books? The Bible, 59. Oh, my God. I should have put also the Bible for laughs. We should have separated that, like, for serious. Well, that's kind of why I stuck Ken's Guide on there. Farewell to God, 54. Charles Templeton, read it or uh, weep. Rise and fall of the third, rash, 47. Boy Scouts Manual, 28. Teach how to lie a lot. Our former manager used to... Uh, Abide by that. He swore by it. The Da Vinci Code, 23. Moby Dick, 21. I mean, Moby, 21. Fahrenheit, 451.17. Dude, where's my country? Michael Moore, 14. That's outstanding. Atlas Shrugged. Thanks, Eric, 13. Ken's Guide to the Bible for all you heathens out there, 13. You will burn in hell if you read it. That's right. Toast. Count of Monte Cristo, 7. seven Bush's Brain, 6. All the President's Men, 6. The Godfather, 6. Solamente, 6. And the truth about Barry Bonds and steroids, only 5. Dave Van Boring. Sucks. Bye, bye, bye!